Recorded live. <laughs> Talking to myself now. Okay. Um, closing down a few windows. Where exactly is the page for this? I've got far too many windows open. Far too many freaking windows. Right. <sighs> hey, I've actually got some people following me over. Okay. Hi, guys. <laughs> Sorry about all the uh, technical difficulties. Um, I think Dan is busy pulling his hair out over there. But um, never mind. Kiwi to the rescue. <laughs> hey, hey, Alden. <laughs> So you guys can all hear me? Just nod and wave your hands. Maybe I could just, I should tweet that I'm doing this, right? Um. <laughs> Hello. Yeah. yeah. Hey, how are you? I'm good, how I've, are you? We've actually got it working over here. I think I should tweet that every uh, that we're over on this channel and... Um, yeah. Hopefully get some people in. Um, of course, my brain is fried because I'm trying to do multitasking on technology, which I'm not very good at. <laughs> How are you doing? I'm I'm wonderful. <laughs> I'm uh, well <laughs> ahead on. Doing well. I'm, I'm well ahead on NaNoWriMo up to twenty four thousand words. Oh, I am falling behind and um, not happy about it, but. Any excuse, you know, procrastination. I'm I'm the queen of procrastination. I'm just going to tweet to uh, join us live now on TalkShoe. Promise it's working. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, okay, I'll post paste the link in there and we'll hopefully shorten that link. Hopefully. Right. Ah. <sighs> this is all very exciting. How did I end up, the most tech-tarded of all three of us, how did I end up being the host of this show? I have no idea. Because it worked for you. <laughs> yes. Oh, Eldon says I'm using digital magic. Well, maybe. Maybe. I've, um, <laughs> I sometimes think I have weather child powers because I got back here and I found out that the weather had been absolutely appalling when I wasn't here. So maybe I do. If I do, I, I don't know how to use them. It's just purely... <sighs> just an aura, I guess. I hope Dan gets over here soon. He was like pulling his beard out, I think, on the other side. I'll even <laughs> let him in. I'll even it. unmute him. <laughs> 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 Thanks for coming, everybody. I'm sorry about the technical difficulties. These are these things when... Um, <laughs> I think Chris That's said it all it up. Goes. That's just how it yeah. goes. I mean, you you always got to get these things started well before you actually want to begin. Yeah, it's nothing like last minute freakouts where you know panic, panic. <laughs> but um, you know, we we'll have to fly by the seat of our pants. She's <laughs> the person who only only just made her promo last weekend. You know, I'm feeling you know I had I had like months to get ready for this and. Still, I find myself totally unprepared. <laughs> oh, I'm just a little bit too relaxed, I think, a little bit too laid back sometimes about these things. 
Oh, so it's, just, that, it's that New Zealand attitude there. You know. It is, really. A lot yeah, less she'll of be a right. type A personality there. She'll, she'll be right, mate. You know, she'll be right. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty much our entire um, way of being. So now we're on to the third uh, talk show host of this. <laughs> We've probably shaken off a few people that would have actually been listening, but, you know, we've got the cream. Come well, on, we've Dan. Got people there. Yes, we've got the people who matter. <laughs> yes, it's, it's interesting that the person who is also the farthest from America is now hosting this chat. Well, you're hosting we... it in the sense of you're the one who's controlling it, but it's all on the server. Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> I, controlling it? I don't know. Um, <laughs> okay. I'm just looking... Just looking at the the tiny switchboard thing they've got here above it. Is it recording now? Oh my goodness, it is recording. Oh, I should say something well, profound. Yeah, it records as soon as you start it. <laughs> hey, there's Dan. Oh, I'll unmute him, shall I? Uh, I am... Dan, why are you muted? Okay. Hello? Yay! Dan, you're in. Where can I find <laughs> the chat room for this thing? I just tweeted a link. You just tweeted a link, okay. But I'll tell you if they're saying anything bad about you. <laughs> um, okay, so now I actually do have to try to come in over Skype, huh? Which means I need to rewire well, my... Uh, okay. Well, you don't have to. No, you don't. Uh, no, you, can, would... you can be in the chat room and on the phone at the same time. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I know. I'm... I'm, I am nevertheless going to try to come in over Skype, at, but I'll stay on the phone here until uh, such time as I can <laughs> successfully do that. Well, it's not too bad. I, I managed to do it. Oh. I've had uh, numerous uh, <sighs> problems with Skype and TalkShoe before, but this time, fingers crossed, everything oh. managed to I stay in there. Hey, never People. had so much trouble with a, what is supposed to be a simple web client before. Yeah, yeah. Talk, talk show is a bit. No, gnarly, but naughty, a yeah. bit naughty. <sighs> but Nobilis! Nobilis, hi! Hey! <laughs> so have you had a chance to listen to all three yet? Yes, I have. I have. Yeah. And, I, I and suddenly realized we were kind of choking people with, with amount of content. Well, I just <laughs> I, I listened to I listened to Digital Magic on the way home from work yesterday. Mm-hmm. And I listened to Metamore City on the way into work this morning. And I listened to... Um, uh, free will this afternoon on the way home from work. Cool. So there was enough time in between. Did you have fun? I, I definitely <laughs> had fun. I definitely had fun. And um, and uh, and of course I'm 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 also paying very much attention to these podcasts because um, this is of course going to be my competition um, when I <laughs> come out with. Scouts remastered next year. Ah, are you thinking you hit the past deck already? I'm. I am. Well, let's put it this way: when I, <laughs> I, I got a, um, I have now got someone who is going to be the quote-unquote sound designer for Scouts Remastered, and mm-hmm. I've got someone who's com- composing original music for Scouts Remastered. And oh boy, you're uh, when you're I really have to get for our money. And when I Next month, when I put out my, okay, the project, everybody's signed up, the project starts now, I'm going to be pointing to Free Will, Metamorph City, and Digital Magic as these are the people we're going to beat. <laughs> oh, that's very nice to be included yeah, yeah. in that sort of... 
you know, probably Hold I'm on. not going to be at Dragon. I'm not going to be at Dragon Con next Hold next year, so I bet that I'll probably win a pass. Right. It's my it's okay, my bet. Realize you can be heard, right? Yeah, I know. Okay. Right over. Uh, okay, I don't know what you're talking about. The red, the red, the yeah. red wire has to go on the right hand side. Okay. Now over the bra. <laughs> <sighs> Sorry, I uh, had to go get. Okay. Yet, yeah. I, My wife I was just have... asking me to to replace her electrodes. Okay, and it looks like I am about to. You may access the call up to 15 minutes before it's scheduled. Seven. Zero. Your entry is not found, or your call is. That's amazing audio, Dan. Sorry. Uh, hey, Paulette, how's that Emperor's sword going? Very Paulette's good. There? And um, oh, I'm still waiting for the name of a certain Empress, however. Oh, I thought I'd done that. Yeah. Oh, no? give, me a, give, me an email, give me an email and I'll try it one more time. <laughs> <laughs> I, think I think she about just call herself. Five. Are you sure she just doesn't use the royal we? We, <laughs> we the Empress. I'll be be right back, guys. That sounds far more regal to me. This is true. However, I really would like to have her name said. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I still owe owe you and Lester stuff for Metamore, don't I? Me? No. He keeps track of those lists. Yeah, I think he asked for my stuff by, by Thanksgiving, and I haven't gotten to it yet. <laughs> oh, we've got some people actually coming into the chat. Hey, yeah. Amy. Amy Bowen's in there. Right. Well, I was, while Dan's away, do you guys mind if I read some of Chasing the Bard to you? Um, um, Digital Magic to you? That sounds great to me. Tip, <laughs> you could read the phone book and I would not mind. <laughs> okay, I've got, a, I've got a phone book here. Would you prefer the phone book? <laughs> Whatever you'd like, love. Well, <laughs> a list of pl- of New Zealand place names always sounds interesting to me. Oh, Wellington. <laughs> Wellington, Rotorua, Whangarei, Wanganui, uh, Ekoroa, Timaru, let me see. I'm trying to think of Narawahia, uh, Murapara. Uh. See what I mean? There's no place in the world that has place names like New Zealand. All right. <laughs> Dan's in! Woohoo! Yay! <laughs> Weekend has LaunchCast now. Weekend has LaunchCast? I was just going to start reading. That's the original time you to... planned on doing it. <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah, it only took an hour. It only took an hour, man. Oh, boy. This is... Oh. <laughs> okay, so what should we do to start? <laughs> I don't know. Well, I was going to read the uh, he'll turn up at some stage, won't he, Dan? <laughs> oh, you need to turn. You need me to turn up. Okay, let's see. No, 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 no. Lester. <laughs> oh, we need yeah, Lester. Le- to turn up. Sorry, Lester's going to be here in between half an hour and forty-five minutes. Yeah, I, yeah. Pip, go ahead and read something for us. That's fine. All right, you do. <laughs> All right, children, now settle down, and we'll have a good night story. 
You're channeling Carol from down from ten. Can I sit on your lap, Miss Valentine? Can I sit on your lap? No. Aww. Don't keep asking, Paul. Go and sit in the corner. <laughs> but the walls talk to me in the corner. They're scary. <laughs> All right. If you be nice, Paul, there'll be there'll be milk and cookies later. And what you decide to do with those milk and cookies is up to you. <laughs> hey, that was one time when I was drunk. <laughs> well, I was going to read one of the uh, the bits when um, in the little village of Penherum, strange things start to happen and people start to experience a little bit of fey magic. So I was going to read one of those parts because it doesn't really affect uh, the enjoyment and it won't give anybody a <clears throat> any peek into what actually happens at the end. But it's quite a nice Nice moment, and there's a bit of New Zealand in it as well. So, you all right with that, guys? Yeah. Sounds good to me. <laughs> and that'll give Dan time to uh, recover his uh, the, the rattling. Place. The rattling you hear is my brain rocking around in my head as I shake my head vigorously. <laughs> <laughs> it's not filler, Paulette. It's, it's, it's seasoning. I'm certain it's genius. <laughs> <laughs> All right, then. <clears throat> Ned pulled the cork out of the pinot slowly, and for a moment, time hung on that moment, until, with a half sigh, the bottle gave up its aroma. The green man was quiet now. The towels hung over the taps. The front door locked tightly. Instead, it now seemed to whisper of laughter and sorrow. Ned shook his head. He was getting quite batty, a combination of the murder and his own private hell. He didn't hurry back behind the bar to where Bev was watching the news and eating her fish and chips off the paper on her lap. Instead, pulling out a scrupulously clean glass, he poured a fraction of the pinot and took a second to savour its berry-filled aroma. It reminded him of the blue day skies, blue sky days when he and Bev had travelled the vineyards of New Zealand, sampling and falling in love with each other and the fruit of the vine. He swirled the ruby-red liquid and frowned. The pinot had been bought then, packed away with dozens of others, until now it was the last. Like its homeland, it now stood for endings, and like New Zealand, there would be no going back. Once those words were out of his mouth, everything would be forever different. Despite all his earlier resolve, Ned dithered, finding an excuse in the wine to linger out in the dimness of the green man. Everywhere he looked, there was a memory and another sweet pain, but the murder had made him think. There wasn't enough time in this world for a person to remain unhappy. Even plain old Ned Aldrich needed and deserved to be happy, didn't he? Taking a small sip, Ned let the liquid on the back of it there. Sorry, guys. Taking a small sip, Ned let the liquid roll to the back of his throat and rest there for a moment. Once upon a time, ensconced in their B&B in Blenheim, Bev had trickled Pinot over her body. It had been worth the extra expense of the sheets to drink it off her. But Bev wouldn't do that now, and he probably wouldn't have known what to do if she had. The bittersweet sting of that memory made him lurch away from the bar, swallowing the wine quickly as bitter as medicine. 
He went back into the dim corridor and up the steep steps that led to the family part of the green man. Bev didn't bother looking up as he dropped onto the couch, but she took notice when he flipped off the vidstream. She looked out at him from shadowed eyes, like she already knew the words he had to let loose. But she took the glass of Pinot Ned offered her. So she still hadn't forgotten. Holding the glass with the tips of her lacquered fingers, she swirled the liquid round and round. Ned was entranced. He found he could not look away from the dance of the wine, eyes fixed as it described lazy circles in the crystal. The smell grew so powerful that it reached him even across the room. Bev's hair seemed to billow and grow light, as if there were a breeze coming up out of the glass. Ned rubbed his eyes with the back of one hand, while the other didn't give up clutching the bottle of Pinot. When he glanced back, Bev was looking straight at him, but there were no lurking shadows now. The violet eyes that looked back reminded him of times now lost. The scent of the Pinot could almost be seen in the air, like bunches of grapes and raspberries. It reminded them both of sunshine and laughter. Bev's hand was no longer spinning the glass, and yet the contents kept moving, not slowing down, but speeding up. And now the sound of the grape came, like deep bells, making Ned's spine quake. His logical brain was telling him that he must have taken a tumble back there on the stairs, or someone must have slipped something into the pinot, or maybe he was mad as a hatter. But in any case, he didn't care. Not while his wife was looking back at him like that. Not while she was smiling. He deserved to be happy, but he couldn't be happy without her. I still love you, Bevy, Ned said. Something he hadn't uttered for years. Her smile was wide and flashed across the wine glass up at him. All their memories were in that smile. The children, the trials and tribulations, even the pain. Together, they made up a whole life. Picking up her glass, Bev got up and held out her hand. That smile never left her lips. Why don't you come and remind me of that, love? Ned laughed loudly before following her. After that, the strange music and the unseen wind didn't seem to matter. There you go, guys. <laughs> oh, no. Have I lost you? Now I can't. Um, something's going on here. Oh, no. Why has it muted you all? Okay. Maybe I can unmute you. <laughs> this is going to be the pip show if I can't unmute you all. Come on. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> Sorry. Yep. You there, Dan? I don't know what talk show is doing now because it's kind of muted everybody. And now I can't unmute you. This is nice. This is the uh, Philip Valentine show. Watch as I try and unmute people and it Hey, Dan, I unmuted you. Hello. Ah, right. yes, we're back. Hey, right. We're all in on this now. Sorry about it. Yo, 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 yo. You know, Pip, I'm oh, really boy. happy for you. Now, I'm going to let you finish here. But, you know, that T. Morris had the best sequel ever. I'm just saying. <laughs> I can mute you again, Paul. 
This is all part of my cunning plan for that to be my show. I, I just saw a message flash across Twitter that uh, that T. Morris is looking for the chat room. Oh. So, oh and if boy. we want to get any words in edgewise, we better we start link now. it again. Oh, well. yeah, Everyone link it on Twitter. Oh, I'll tell him. But then you know what? We'll all be in trouble because he'll come in here. <laughs> so we can manage the calls and just take one at a time. We T. Morris, can. you we are can. muted. No, no. He's not in here yet. We'll wait till he gets here before we mute him. So, uh, Dan, <laughs> did you have something Back in the you box, want to say? Uh. I'm sorry, I can't hear you over the crosstalk. Uh, okay, here I'll, I'll I'll mute you guys because oh, now I've lost you. Hello. Hello, Hello. I'm here. Oh yeah, gosh, you're still there. Good. <laughs> oh, I think it just takes a little while for it to do anything. Right. Dan, uh, go. Yes. <laughs> You're on, Dan. I'm on. Okay, so it's reading time, huh? Now, now which do you think I should give them? Do you think I should give them something with some minor spoilers in it from the middle of the book, or should I give them something uh, about Mary and Shelley? Ooh, uh, middle of the book. Doesn't have any spoilers. Say so what? Middle of the book? No. All right. Yeah. Okay, so this comes from the uh, beginning of the climax. Um, it's late December, and Joss and Allie are watching a house. The watch is turned over. and laying out the equipment. Two full-face fullerene masks outfitted with infrared mouth toggles for IR and HUD, sub-vocalization dictation units for silent communication, combat halters with a full complement of tranquilizers, a buoy knife, two wrist-mounted throwers, compact rebreathers in case of tear gas, a spool of paracord, duct tape, handcuffs, and a 12-round 38 revolver. They couldn't afford to have an automatic or a thermal failing under fire. He laid the halters next to the face masks in front of the tent, then set the parachutes next to them. The whole exercise, including double-checking, took him three cups of coffee and 60 minutes. At 1900, he donned his headgear and sprayed down the tent with a dose of nanobots that would break it down over the next few hours, leaving only a pile of simple hydrocarbons at the end. Once that was done, he retrieved the hermetically sealed dragline bags, Neither of them had proper base jump training, and he doubted Alyssa had ever been skydiving. He remembered his own brief forays into high adventuring in high school as flashes of tandem jumps characterized chiefly by terror and nausea. He didn't fancy the notion anymore now. Gravity was an unbluffable opponent. He selected anchor points for the drag lines, the, bottom of, the bottoms of the two large tree trunks near the blind at the edge of the 200-meter cliff. He then turned to Alyssa. My turn. They were the first words he'd spoken to her all day. Fuck off. She waved him away. It made sense. She was an ambush predator. Joss, on the other hand, hated waiting and passed another couple hours obsessively erasing their traces from the surrounding neighborhood, covering over their toilet hole, then hiding it behind some deadfall, doing the same with their garbage and their coffee pot, 
checking the trail they followed up for tracks and other telltales, anything he could think of that might lead the cops back to the drag lines that they, unfortunately, couldn't dispose of. In the end, he contented himself with stewing in his own thoughts by the fire, passing another handful of hours scratching an attack plan passing another handful of hours scratching attack plan diagrams into the dust until he was satisfied that the plan he'd worked out on Fugitive really was the only workable solution. The two of them would go in through the service entrance. The two of them would go in through the service entrance, closest to the bedrooms. That's it. Alyssa slid out of the blind, all cold business, and walked over to stand opposite him. The lights are all off except for the ones in the study. It's time then. Take a look at this. Joss, ignoring the fact that it was the first sentence she'd spoken to him all day, waved her towards the scratches in the dirt, barely, barely lit now by the fire. We're going to drop about here. He used his stick to indicate a point on the diagram about 300 meters behind the house. We can't hit the ground closer. We, we can't hit the ground closer. We could get caught in the forest. If we do that, the game's up. Allie's face was blank as she looked down at the ground. She was more Alec's heart now than he'd seen her since their first meeting. All cold, all business. Well, it would make things well, it would make this a lot easier at any rate. Are you listening? Yes. It was almost Alex's voice too. I know an I know what an assault diagram looks like. We're going in here? She pointed at the service entrance. I think that's the best way. Problem is, she squatted down and pointed at the dark earth, tracing her fingers over the, tracing her finger over the house's floor plan. If we do that and he hears us, all he has to do is flush out the front. One of us should cover the front door. Joss nodded. I'll have to unlock the front door for you once you're inside. Then, unless we catch him asleep, I doubt we're going to be able to take him without a fight. Don't fight him. What? Alyssa, looked, Alyssa stood and looked him in the eye. Don't fight him. Frighten him. Scare him out of his room, straight down the hall, out the front door. Prep the route first. Make sure the path of least resistance leads straight to me. Hit him with the gas grenade. Make sure he sees it and let him run out the front. I'll set him while you... I'll hit him with the seds while you get the rest of the family. Joss took his last swig of coffee, rolled it around and tossed the paper cup into the fire. That'll work. Let's do it. The two of them shrugged their combat halters on over their skin suits. Right hand, revolver, and needle gun. Joss patted the pockets on his right rib cage. Left hand, hypo darts for the needle gun. Keep the halter on. It's one more layer of Kevlar if he opens fire on us. Got it. Good. Now... Joss stepped into his parachute harness and buckled himself in. Allie did the same. Before the jump, all the vents in your skin suit have to be closed. When we hit the valley floor, we'll be under IR from the house. Keep us from showing up. We'll have about six minutes until our core temperatures spike and we have to open up. So we run those 300 meters flat out. Don't open the vents until you're in the... Don't open the vents again until you're on the front porch. Got it. There was nothing there but the job. Joss had been there once, in an abandoned kitchen in the Amazon. He wasn't going to push it. He kicked the dirt he'd drawn into the fire. One, then, once it was out, donned his helmet. 
The world around him sprang to life when he toggled it on, and he easily navigated the brambles between himself and the cliff, where he hooked himself to his drag line. Alyssa, can you hear me? Hickory Dickory's fast red shirt. The mouse crawled up the thespian's skirt. Her voice came crystal clear over the calm. I'll take that as a yes. You need to hook the dragline carabiner to... I got it. I've done this before. Oh. Well, you know what to do then. Well, you know what to do then. You step off this cliff. There's no way out but through. We passed that point with this job a long time ago. Shut up and jump. Roger. Joss backed up about Joss backed up about a hundred feet and braced himself against a tree, ready to spring. Last one down buys the beer when we get back to Luna. She snorted. You're on. Joss shook his head, realizing that it might be the last bet he ever made. Ready and go. He sprang off the tree with all his might, running flat out for the cliff. There was no moon, and the veil was black, and the darkness below swallowed him up as Joss set his last foot on the ground, pushed, and sprang out into nothingness. Dum-dum-dum. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> well, I guess the uh, the chat room's filling up a little bit. Can you actually see it, Dan? Excellent. Yeah, I'm uh, yes. out tease there. Oh, boy. <laughs> yeah, but he he hasn't got he hasn't got audio, so we're okay. Ah, okay. <laughs> so that's near the the middle of the book, is it? Yeah, that's uh, that's from the middle of the book. <laughs> oh, we've got we've got the usual cast of characters here. Yeah, hmm. yeah the entire hmm. last half of the book is climax, and that's the beginning of the climax. <laughs> <laughs> well, Paul just said T. Morris is perpetually muted. WTF? <laughs> well, he hasn't rung in, Paul, so it's not my fault, you know. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, in answer oh. to uh, Kimmy's question, Chris Lester will be here in a while. He's still at work. Yeah, it's, it's, it's forget-me-not blue eyes, you know. They slow him down. <laughs> so I was, I was I, going to have... Now, you, you, we're going we're gonna to give some stuff away. Is Chris going to give anything away? Is he in a giving mood? Don't. Don't know yet. Um, I'm sure we'll find out when he gets here. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, I've got a, a copy of Digital Magic to give away. And what have you got over there? I've got a copy of Matters of the Blood by Maria Lima. It's her uh, debut book from Simon & Schuster. It looks like a uh, rather dark urban fantasy vampire thingy. Mm, well, those vampires. Fabulous. Sorry. <laughs> Fabulous. <laughs> We don't need tea to ring him because we're gonna. We're just going to. Um, <laughs> we're just going to take uh, uh, impressions of tea, Morris. Maybe, that, maybe that's there what we go. should do for uh, for giving away a copy of Digital Magic. Maybe the person with the <laughs> best T. Morris impersonation. <laughs> oh, I love it. Stuff cut. Let's let's do uh, T. Morris impersonations. I'm sure if you want the bullets. I think maybe Nabilis wants to enter for best uh, team. Oh, and Paul. Okay. So if you okay. want to, uh, if you want to call and uh, and and try your team Morris impersonation. Let's see what Nabilis has to say. Okay. There's some sort of la- there's quite a bit of lag between when I hit the button and when it actually unmutes people. I noticed. Quite shoot, a bit of lag in general. Yeah. Yeah. Oh come on. There we go, Nabilis. 
Okay, so this is an interesting bit of synergy here. Yeah. Because I was, I was chatting with the sound designer for Scouts Remastered today, and we yeah. were talking mm-hmm. about the level of emotion and drama that should be in the narration rather than in you know doing lines. Mm-hmm. And she said, well, if you go somewhere between Chris Lester and T. Morris, you'll be fine. <laughs> Some people and I might said, want to be well, between Chris Lester and T. Morris. <laughs> well, I said that not, ha- sounds like material having, for a slash fix story, Nabila. Yeah, it does. Do that on a uh, on an episode. Now, having more oh, emotion than Chris Lester in reading lines is not going to be hard. But if I were to try <laughs> to do T. Morris, my head would explode. Oh well, <laughs> I just true. don't have that much. <laughs> He is always, always fabulous. <laughs> well, evidently not today. He's not, he's he's he's, um, he's tired. He's maybe fake. maybe here's here's my T. Morris impression. Uh, how's that? <laughs> that's on the morning after. That's that's the morning after the night before. Right. <laughs> I don't know. Even when he's hung over at a con, he's still kind of like. Ah! <laughs> Yeah, he's, he actually—if you—if you get him when he's hungover, he's actually at normal people levels. <laughs> so maybe T should just drink a lot. <laughs> I'm enjoying the fact that I'm talking and, and T can't talk back. It's beautiful. I wish You're I'd had this double trouble. To go to a phone. <laughs> oh, we, we're, we're supposed to feel sorry for T, but we're and and T T tweet T's in the chat room saying. Yeah, that sounds about right, bro. I'm beat today. Sonic Boom kicked my ass. Yeah, it takes one little girl to kick T. Morris's ass. <laughs> you, <laughs> I've met Sonic Boom. <laughs> she made me look like a little girl. Ow! Cat, sorry, cat's attacking my feet. Um, I think T has actually inhabited my cat, and now he's biting my toes. Um. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Fair, fair, fair call. We'll be nice to tea, especially since you can't talk. <laughs> so, anyway, looks like looks like uh, Paul wants to have a turn too. So uh, okay, let's let's, let's let's try Paul. Let's see if he's got a T. Morris impersonation. Hello, Paul. I am declaring myself the uber nemesis of every podcast author out there. <laughs> hey, that's great. You you nearly made your mic good. explode. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. Thank you. I'm here all week. Tip your servers and try the veal. Uh, I think he said try the veal and tip your servers, but it's pretty close. That's it's pretty close. <laughs> oh boy. But oh. I think I, were you in the room when that the Uber Nemesis thing happened, or was that? I wasn't even. Pre- I wasn't even at the con. Yeah. So all I know is that apparently T then beat Chris Lester with the bar he raised, and it was apparently a great uh, night. I don't know. That was know. a beautiful thing. <laughs> get me wrong, but uh, T won the Parsec for best long form audio drama, and didn't Chris win it this year? Something like Isn't that. that yeah. how it went? Uh, so I see. You've got to get T Morris to beat you with a bar before you can win a Parsec. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Paulette Jackson, ask not what you're, oh, excuse me, ask not what you can do for the Uber Nemesis, ask what the Uber Nemesis can do for you. Hey, <laughs> T, you want, me a promo. Yeah, hey, T, want to part my I novel? Think, uh, 
I, I, I think rather than getting T to beat you with a bar, the trick is to beat T to the bar. Otherwise, <laughs> it's not just Nice. Nice, nice. Well, what so, I might actually do, since nobody is game enough to, to try and impersonate T. Morris, and let's face it, maybe that's impossible to actually do. Um, what, what was that thing that you just heard me do? Well, yeah. I'd yeah. <laughs> yeah. Try, well, anyone back, can do T. Morris. Back in your box, Valentine. Back in your box. <laughs> well, okay. I, 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 I've already, you've already got a couple of, copy of Digital Magic. What do you want another one for? Come on. I'm just representing my bro, Morris. That's right. That's right. Well, I think I might actually just ask a question and maybe give it to the person. That way that's fair to the people in the chat room as well. There Isn't you that what you're going to do, Dan? <laughs> yeah, I, I've, I've got, a, um, I've, I've got a, a death threat contest coming up for hour two here. Oh, okay. See, that's another thing I don't like about talk show is I can't tell how long we've got left. There's nothing I can see anywhere that says... What, okay, much? well, what time did we start? I'll start a stopwatch here. I have no... Okay, um, I don't have no idea of telling. I think we've probably been yeah. on for uh, three quarters of an hour, maybe. Well, Me coming up to... I've got a timer. I've got a timer on my screen that says we've been going for about 38 minutes. Okay, well, it's no, not too bad. says we have 24 minutes to go. What? Jeez. I only put two this hours is in. an hour oh. left go? No, let oh. me see. Let me see if I can uh, fix that because I'm sure I put two oh, hours. Oh, we started. In. Sorry, we started 24 minutes ago. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. Right. It better be. It better be two hours, or I'm going to go over there and find somewhere to put my talk shoe. <laughs> <laughs> I think we need and to wasn't... shove our talk shoe up someone's uh, nether bits. For, yeah, uh, yeah. But crafty. what are you, you going to hey. do? They're the only game in town. Yeah. <laughs> oh right, well, I, boy! Well, I'm glad someone can can tell. Um. <laughs> well, T's finally gone, so we can stop busting his hump. That's good. You can say <laughs> say something nice about him, Paul. He's not here anymore. Do I have to? Mm, you don't Ooh. have to. <laughs> no, um, no. I'll, 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 I'll let you on the final cast of Survivor Guide, man. <laughs> yeah. All right, fine. I'll I'll so it has a T really is um he he really will give you the shirt off his back. I mean you come up to him and you, you tell him you've got a problem and you need his help and he will bend over backwards and twist himself into a pretzel if he thinks he can help you out. And <laughs> That's right. And, no, we, no, and see, we, see. we really I know that, I know that and we're um we're really following in his footsteps oh. really. I mean the first guy yeah, to break out the novel. Absolutely. Wait, this, is, this is the triple threat launch cast. Why is this turning into the T. Morris show? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, we got, always... we got to regroup. We got thrown off our beam by technical problems. Yeah, yeah, that's right. We're off our beat. We're off our beat. So um, any questions about the triple threat you'd like to ask? Yeah, before? questions about the triple threat. That would be good. Or oh, comments man. on the initial episodes of the triple threat. Well, actually, I have listened to all three episodes that dropped, and I listened to Pips first, then I I don't remember, it was a long day today, but I've listened to all three of you guys, and you just sequentially just blow me away faster and harder and farther. And <laughs> I love it. I, I, I keep waiting to see Ronan in, on Nineveh. <laughs> to see Ronan on Nineveh? Yeah, why not? Yeah, why not? And Chris has well, joined you... us. I think Hello. Chris. Hey, Chris. Yay! Chris! Now we have the truth. Where are you, good hey. sir? 
I am in the car and joining you through the magic of cell phones. Ooh, Hey, Chris, that was a pretty nice violinist you rustled up for today's episode. Where'd you find him? Oh, hey, is this PC? <laughs> yeah, this is. How you doing? Hey, I'm doing all right. Glad to have you join the show. Glad to be able to be on for a little bit. Yeah, I, I gave you list uh, credit in the uh, the credits at the end of the show. I know. Thank you so yeah. much. I appreciate it. You're welcome. I'm thinking to myself, I'm going to have to get a decent uh, pickup for the instrument now and actually maybe put a part of a studio together to actually record that thing properly. Oh, that was <laughs> not. So we'll have to add that to the budget. <laughs> the vast podcasting budget. The vast podcasting yeah. budget, indeed. Tell you what, I'll triple what you're pay- getting paid right now. Sweet! Well, the lovely <laughs> thing about podcasting budgets is how many zeros there are before the one. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Oh, okay. So oh, um, thank you uh Shaded Spirit, thank you so much. I uh Chris gave me very very limited notes. It just for people who are not in the chat, uh Shaded Spirit just said that that um they loved the discordic note that I gave Chris for the uh for the production for Metamore today. And Chris mm. gave me very vague notes of in terms of what he wanted. He's like, yeah, I want some I want some dissonant chords of jealousy and some longing chords of this and 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 I'm like okay any any specific notes or says no just whatever you feel like so what did I give you Chris I gave you like a half an hour of me just screwing around pretty much <laughs> yeah and I took, I took bits, bits oh, and pieces of it and then I I t- uh, put it through the pitch shifter in yeah. Cubase and just had it um, I, I would like take the same note and pitch shift it to three different ranges and then mm. would take those notes and uh, have them undergoing a dynamic pitch shift that was all yeah. different from each other. So yeah, it ended it, up with this really cool dissonant sound. It, it really did sound awesome. And then and, and I was listening to myself and I said, to, and I said, do I really sound like that? No, no, he's tweaked the pitching a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> because the secret, folks, is that I don't play a violin. I play viola. So we made my viola sound like a violin for that. Uh, yeah. See, I was wondering about that, uh, yeah. Paul, because I, I, knew, I knew that you didn't play the violin. So I was like, hmm. It doesn't. I wonder what you did. There is a bit of overlap in the way the instruments are are are, are played, obviously. Um, we had a slight issue with the range. My The viola goes lower than the violin is capable of playing. So is what, a full octave lower or half an uh, No, j- just actually, it's only really a fifth. Um, oh, really? Yeah, the the vi- I, I won't get too technical on it, but basically there's um oh, how do I want to say this without getting too geeky. You know what? We'll talk off pot about it. Um, <laughs> but there's there's just a there's just about five or six notes on the viola that the that the uh, violin is not capable of playing um, without being retuned. So I I, I contact I, when I gave this to Chris, I said, yeah, you know the music I gave you. Yeah, that drops below the playable range. You may need to shift the pitch a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> well, it worked so, out really well. Yeah, it added I'm so glad much it did. To the, um, to, the whole, to the whole piece. I'm glad it did. And I'm now, sure let me ask you this, stuff. Paul. Yeah. Let me ask you this. Um, is there any fundamental difference in how the instruments are played? 
not not in any not in not in any kind of gross way. I mean, you you, you still draw the bow across the string. You still put the instrument under your shoulder, on, under your chin, and on top of your shoulder. And the, um, the the left hand fingering techniques are pretty much the same. Uh, the only difference becomes the size of the instrument. The violins are physically smaller, so the interval between where an A would be and a B would be is a little bit smaller on a violin than it would be on most violas. Um, right, makes sense. And because of the way the the instruments are pitched in terms of their voice, you have to finesse. You, you, the finesse is a little bit different to to elicit what you're trying to get out of it. Gotcha. Because um, if you're not careful with the violin, you'll get a very squeaky, very shrill sound. Where oh, I love that old... at Christmas time when all the oh. kids run out. You know. <laughs> oh yeah, isn't that fun? Sounds like Jack Benny. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Dan. Glad you said. No, it. no, not you. People no, 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 no. I, properly. I'm well aware of what you meant. <laughs> um, but with the viola, the viola tends to the mid-range a little bit more, and a, a, a true viola sound is a lot more mellow, a lot more, um, uh, I don't want to say more melodic, but definitely a much warmer, much more, uh, war, more yeah, warmer, mellow sound than you would typically get out of a high. Of, oh, so it's the New Zealand of the instruments, is it? It's mellow, uh, man. Well, <laughs> you, were, you, went, you went over to the, um, to the, to the, Smithsonian with us. You saw the difference in those yeah. instruments. Oh, they're beautiful. So, um, Very sexy. Yeah, I still pit for, for a couple of hours and we went into downtown D.C. and we saw the whole Stradivarius family. Violins, violas, and cellos. It was just gorgeous. Mm. Well, it, it certainly added a lot to the story. I'm glad. I'm glad I was able to work out. And Chris, thank you so much for calling me up and saying, hey, would you do it? I really enjoyed it. Hey, it was a blast, and I was really glad to get a chance to make you part of the show. And I appreciate plus, it. Plus, I knew this way that um, maybe it would be some added influence on you to uh, to release Sarah from her captivity. So. Yes, yes, I do need to address that. Now that you have dropped Metamore Season 2, I guess I must officially release Sarah Lloyd back onto her own recognizance. She's all yours, Chris. <laughs> that's a hell of a ransom that's one of the better ones I've heard of well you know it, it sounded it sounded like a great idea when we were both drunk um, you know, I, 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 I had sobered up a little bit because I had to drive home but I was still I was still fairly buzzed she was still well we won't talk about that and I just said, I just said, you know, I don't want. And I pretty much we were having a great night. I said to her, you know, I don't want, I don't, I'm not, I don't want to leave. I don't want to go to work tomorrow. It's like if I don't want you going back to Michigan, you're mine, and, I, and I'm keeping you. And then she said, oh yeah, I'm sure Chris would have a have a something to say about that. I said, yeah, you probably would. Let's find out. And I picked up the phone and we called you. <laughs> <laughs> I see. Okay. Right. So I'm glad I got away from you there, Paul. Otherwise, I would never have seen New Zealand shore. No, no, no. You see, I only kidnap people when they walk into my domain. Oh, okay, right. I'll remember that. <laughs> yeah, you better, Kiwi. <laughs> Chicago was right out. The next time you go to Chicago, Pip, be armed. I've taught you how to use the weapons now. That's you can right. Use what makes you think I can't use weapons myself? <laughs> well, not well, it was kind of just you don't expect a Kiwi to be back in heat. I mean, the kiwi's no good perforated. <laughs> no one likes a perforated kiwi. No comment. 
there's oh, no right. way to comment. All right, I'm going to sh- shut up and, and yield the floor to someone else. You guys have a fantastic right. night. All right. Thanks, Paul. Thanks for calling hey, in. Thanks, no problem. Thanks, thanks for calling in. Thanks for having me. And I hit the button. And <laughs> Hi, Giddy Kian has joined us in the chat room. Yay, Kishay! So, uh, Chris, where about to you? I am currently on the 880 headed south, just passing the exit for Davis Street. So I will probably be there in about 15 minutes, I'm guessing. Okay, cool. Oh, I you, just put you, out my cigar to... so the air should be relatively clear for you by the time you get here. Uh, oh, so you are going to um, Artistic Whispers, are you? Indeed. Indeed. That is where all the podcasting awesome happens on, the, uh, on that coast, right? <laughs> oh, yes. Or much of it. <laughs> oh, oh let's see. Triple, triple threat question from Wolfshade. Are they all slated all... to run a similar number of weeks? Ooh. Let me just That's look at my book. That's a good question. Well, I'm releasing two weeks. Yep. I'm Are releasing really every two weeks. I have no idea how long it's going to go. What about I'm you, Chris? I'm not done writing it yet. We lose Chris? What's that? I think. How, oh, there how many uh, chapters have you got for uh, Things Unseen? Oh, well, we're not even into Things Unseen yet. Um, so it could go for a long time. Yeah, Whispers in the Wood is going to be four parts. Um, the next story is going to be Nobilis Reads Dreams of Change, which is probably going to be four parts. Um, I'm going to. I may sneak in a Christmas episode in there in between if I can um if I can get it written. I have this beautiful story idea um involving Janus and what happens to him when he gets forcibly put um off duty on Christmas Ooh. night after that little incident with Santa <laughs> last year. That's probably a good idea to keep him off the streets. Wow, by yeah. that time you'll by that time I'll have finished Lies in the Dark too. Excellent. So, Lights in the Dark. We'll probably do um, Dreams of Change in January, and then so January and February, and then um, probably the next one to run will be the Cuckoo, which is one of mine, and then oh, we'll a, run Light. What's that? That's a good one, the Cuckoo. Yeah, I enjoyed that one a lot, and then we're gonna do. Lies in the dark if it's ready by then, and I'm oh, definitely be ready by then. Are you are you releasing every week or every other week? Chris? Every other week. I'm not crazy like Dan is. <laughs> no one's crazy, crazy? like Dan. Crazy? What? No, I'm not crazy. <laughs> twitch, twitch. So I think by the sound <laughs> of it, that probably unless Dan's head explodes, uh, Chris will probably be going on longer than Dan and I. Yeah, yeah. so I'm, I'm anticipating I'll probably finish Free Will up by July. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, so Chris will be going on for quite a bit longer than that. Yeah, yeah mine will be like I mean, 40 weeks, so that's almost a year. <laughs> I'm That'll take us right up to date. That's the idea, Dan, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm going to ride this show pony all the way to guys. <laughs> I'm anticipating the things unseen when we when we actually get around to running it. Um, we'll probably go about twenty chapters. 
Um, yeah. 20 to 30, I'm saying. So that'll be almost a year in itself um, after the short stories are finished. And uh, so after, after the, you know, the cuckoo is going to be probably three parts. Lies in the Dark will be however many parts it is, probably at least three. Um, and then uh, I've got one more that I'm going to, one more of mine uh, in the short stories, which is Divide by Zero, which I think is my favorite of the Metamorph City short stories. I can't and, wait to see uh, how, how you do the audio scaping for that. Yeah, it's going to be an interesting oh. challenge. I've got hey, a Chris. voice actor right now right. who is looking at the the script, um, deciding whether or not she wants to, to give a shot at reading it. And uh, she's interested so far, but I've got to, you know, wait until she she finishes getting through it and then gets back to me on whether or not a uh, definite thumbs up or thumbs down. But, mm. uh, yeah, I'm. it's going to be a fun a long challenge time. together. <laughs> Hey, uh, there's a question for you in the chat room, Chris, from uh, Warland. Will we hear more of Artax? Aha! Artax <laughs> is, uh, he has a major role in Things Unseen. It's not a huge role in terms of screen time, but it is a very important role in terms of his his place in the plot. Um, at this point, I'm about halfway through writing the first draft, and he has shown up in one scene, and his pres well, two scenes, one is short, and his influence has been felt throughout. But uh, we're going to find out what happens when high wizardry runs into high bureaucracy. <laughs> that could be fun <laughs> and messy. <laughs> So nice. now um, Billis is queued up, so let's uh, bring him in and see what he has to say. Yay! Right. Uh, 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 Chris, I'm going to do my best to try to get um, to try to get Dog's body done in time for season two as well. So you may have a full year's worth of material. Oh yeah, yeah. You've been giving me so many cool story ideas to think about <laughs> that. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm very very pleased to have you on, on the staff, because it's giving me more time to get my novel written. And it's <laughs> now, good I wanted stuff, to say, too. I wanted to say about, about the frequency of coming out with episodes. Uh-huh. Now, you know I'm a big fan of weekly. Mm-hmm. And I'm a big fan of relatively short. Uh-huh. An hour-long episode, for me, I have to figure out when I'm going to listen to it. Uh-huh. A 20-minute to 30-minute episode gets slotted into my weekly schedule just along with everything else. Uh-huh. And if I wanted to have an hour's worth of listening, I could just take two of my half-hour episodes and listen to them back-to-back. Right. So to me, having more shorter episodes is, is preferable as long as your beginning and ending stuff isn't too long. Because, you know, the short, you know, there's a limit. I mean, Martin Darkley's three-minute-long podcast where he has a minute and a half of intro, 30 seconds of content, and then a minute of outro is crazy. <laughs> but I think that's kind of a parody more than anything else. Yeah. Um, well, the, Jared Axelrod's The Aliens You Will Meet is kind of that way, too. 
Is that yeah. quite so bad though? Because that's more like you know a minute in and then four minutes of content and a and ten seconds out. So true. It, well, it's there. That the song, the aliens you will meet song, is half the attraction for listening well, to the podcast. Yeah, yeah, Absolutely. yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> but my, my my point is, you know, consider. I mean, when I sent you Dreams of Change, I sent it to you in roughly twenty to thirty minute chapter chunks. Mm-hmm. Because that's what I prefer to see. And if you wanted to combine them together to make four, uh, four hour longs, that's fine. Um, but my point is that I think that for a lot of people, at least in my opinion, in my my um, uh, uh, in my uh, experience, um, you know, if they want to be able to sit down and just to really immerse themselves for two hours at once, they just wait until that many episodes have queued up and then listen to them in a row. Mm-hmm. So, you well, know, the, to me, the bi-weekly the biweekly schedule is has more to do with when I can put in the time to mm-hmm. put together the story more than anything else. It's not really about me deciding that there was a set length of the podcast that I wanted it to be, as much as it was. I want to have some weekends to myself, goddammit. And so I can't You're afford... you man, Chris. I can't have okay. myself spending every Saturday mixing down an episode. I just can't oh, do it. Oh, come on. What, Chris, you got to watch do, outside of this? I don't, I don't want to tell Ma'am. you that... I don't want to be, 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 be just you know, shooting you down here, but I do a <laughs> weekly podcast, and I have all my weekends. Uh-huh. And the reason for that is because that I don't do the podcast during the weekend that it gets released. I, you know, it's, I do you know, a few minutes here and an hour's worth of work there, etc., and, and then put it on the server and let it schedule to hit when it hits. So if you wanted to do an afternoon's worth of podcast production, put them all together, and then schedule them out for the next three weeks, there you go. You know? You can do, you can, you can do weekly. You really can. I cannot. I'm sorry. I know that. <laughs> you, 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 what you can do, Novellus, that's fine. I know my we- I know my limitations, and I'm yes. sticking to my schedule, and that's all there is to it. And if that disappoints people, I'm sorry. Okay. In the meantime, I'm podcasting two novels at the same time, one weekly and one biweekly, which you can find at jdsawyer.net. You know, Dan, you keep saying that like you meant to do it. You know, like, hey, look at me! I'm doing two at once. <laughs> well, you know, it's the, the the rule of all good PR, isn't it? Make your stumbles look like they're <laughs> intentional publicity stunts. I meant to do that. Well, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I live with a... someone named Kitty, so you know, you learn the cat uh, way of compensating. Yeah, I actually fell down. The a cat few jumps years across like... the room, misses the windowsill. I meant to do that. I'm a cat. <laughs> Fuck you. I've... I fell down a, a set of stairs once when there was one guy watching me, and I got up and I went, ha <laughs> <laughs> Nice. Like, I meant to okay. do that. It's been, great. it's been great talking to you guys. I can't wait to listen to the recording, but I have some writing to do. So. Okay. You should be writing the Excellent. <laughs> Thanks Good for night. calling in. You're welcome. Bye. Thanks, Nobelis. Bye. Bye. I hate the delay on this thing. Operating the switchboard. Yeah, I know. Yeah. You know, people are hanging up on us before before I get a chance to hang up on them. It's very rude. 
Oh, Amy Bowen just said something very sweet. She said, I deserve special recognition at the next Parsecs for being the most productive person in SpecFix podcasting. Well, how about the craziest person in SpecFix podcasting? Yeah, I think craziest that might that be one a too. more accurate. <laughs> <laughs> so I was thinking yeah. I might give away a copy of Digital Magic. What do you guys think? Oh, I think lovely. you should. Signed, you know, sprayed with my perfume, whatever you want. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so I thought I'd ask a question from Jason the Bard since that that podio book has been out for a while and you should all remember by now what happened. Oh, am I turning into the Dark Goddess? Sorry, okay, I'll do this in the Dark Goddess voice. That podcast has been out for a year now, so you should have all listened to it. <laughs> <laughs> so my question is this, and, and, and you guys aren't allowed to answer because you probably know my book off just like that. Yep. Well, uh, you go ahead and take over. Chris is at my door. I've got to hook a mic up for him. Okay, okay. So while those two are off doing doing what they're doing, I, I'm going to mute everybody except me. <laughs> it's my show now. Okay, the first person to answer this question in the chat room wins a wonderful copy of Digital Magic. It's sitting right here in my hand. I will post it to you wherever you are in the world. Okay, here is the question. When will leaves Stratford-upon-Avon, there is one person in particular who helps him on his way to London, and that person is voiced by the wonderful Indiana Jim. Can you remember the name of that particular wonderful actor that comes to Stratford and changes Will's life? Okay, go. And you're not... You're Googling now, aren't you? I can see somebody's Googling. Somebody's looking at the website because that's where the answer lies, just in case you can't remember off the top of your head. La, 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 la. Just oogling. This is not a video podcast, Paul. <sighs> no? No one knows? I'll give you a hint. It's a man. No, it's not T. Morris. Indiana Jim played this character in the podcast novel, Chasing the Bard. <sighs> Damn, don't know. Well, you know, um, if I give you a little hint that it might be on chasingthebard.com somewhere, which character Indiana Jim played, perhaps on a page called cast members. <laughs> of course, you could donate this wonderful... Hey! Paul wins, yes. It was indeed Richard Tarleton. And I think uh, Jim actually did a wonderful job of portraying that particular character. And as he told me, he's a big deal in podcasting. Ding, ding. Paul, you'll let me know what where you want this sent, you know. Maybe there's a... We're, we're still setting up here. Oh, you're still setting up. See, I'm just... This is what they call filler, darling. It's just, you know, keeping it going. Okay, I can, I can leave the mics on and shout from across the room if you want. No, that's okay. I'm going to mute you now, Dan. Um, so... I was, does anybody else want me to read them something else while we're waiting for Dan and Chris to set them, sing something? My goodness. If you haven't listened to Down From Ten and my singing voice, then I'm sorry, but you probably, your ears burst if you did hear it. Uh, Dan got me to sing uh, a show tune for his cast, and that is the first and only time in which my singing will ever be heard where it was mingled in with everybody else's and possibly couldn't be discerned from theirs, hopefully. If you listen to Whispers at the Edge, a special edition where 
I was at a rugby game. You could actually hear me singing the New Zealand national anthem. And I apologize profusely for those of you who have heard it because, yeah. I got kicked out of uh, choir, actually, when I was at school. <laughs> Bowling for six, six, the number is 16 in the points. Next caller? Did somebody call me? Come on. Who shall I unmute? I know. I'll unmute Paulette because she's, she, 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 she's such a wonderful director. Isn't that right, Paulette? I've unmuted you. You can talk if you like. How do you say that person's name again? <laughs> Paint your wagon. I think it was something from that. It's something about sin and the wickedest kind. Here it is. Oh, God, you made me sing. Dear, dear, dear. Now, I'm sure, let's see if Dan's, Dan. Yes, we made you sing. <laughs> yes, you made me sing, you evil, evil man. This is the Philip Valentine Radio Show. Come in, caller. I'm listening. <laughs> okay, everybody plugged in here. I'm about to turn mics on. Kitty is going to be on mic, too. We live. So everybody today. should now be live. We're plugged in and turned on. Oh, no. Always. You're so devil. <laughs> <laughs> Three saucy devils all at once. Well, I gave away my copy of a book. I had to give a rather broad hint, you know. <sighs> so what about you? What about you, Chris? We were wondering if you've got anything to give away. I'm sure you've got something to give away, Chris. I did indeed. I have a copy of J.C. Hutchins' Seventh Son Descent to give away. I was thinking of something else, Chris, but that's okay. You give away a copy of a book if you want. <laughs> I made him blush. I can't even hear. Hang on, we're we're dealing with speaker issues. Okay. You oh, he can't now. even hear me. Okay. What did you say? I said that wasn't what I was thinking of, Chris. But okay, if you want to give away a book, of course we 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 know it wasn't what you were thinking of, you dirty kiwi. <laughs> There's a reason kiwis are all brown, you know. That's right. And come out only at night. <laughs> oh my. We're not Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so what? Uh, you're giving away Seventh Son. What do people have to do in order to get your copy yeah. of Seventh oh, Son? There's going to be a trivia question, which I need a minute to think about because mm-hmm. I have not had a chance to sit down and think about such things yet today. What? I've been Hello. going around like chicken with my head cut off. Is that? She said, "What now color what? is it?" What color is what? Oh, I, I have no idea what she just said. But we've got a Never question mind. from Worldland. <laughs> we've got a question from Worldland ten twenty two or ten two six eighty eight. Says in a few of your interviews, you had sound clips of someone talking about Lester. What was that from? Ah, yes, that set of quotes comes from a British sketch comedy show called That Mitchell and Webb Look. <laughs> and don't ask me where the name comes from, those crazy Brits with their crazy television show oh, names. It, I know where it comes from. The, com- the comedians are Mitchell and Webb. I knew that. And their original show was, was a radio show, so it was called That Mitchell and Webb Sound. Okay. And so when they got a TV contract, they just changed it. That Mitchell and Webb Look. Right. Okay. All right. 
So they are doing a, a sketch about snooker players, and they have a couple of old washed-up <laughs> snooker players who are serving as the commentators. And apparently, if you live in Great Britain and you watch snooker on television, the um, commentators have a certain particular cadence and manner of giving commentary for which they are infamous. And the, they were sort of playing that up. And they went back to this sketch over several episodes, just a little bit at a time. And one, in one episode, they were totally fixated on this one snooker player. And the name they picked out of all possible names was Chris Lester. Chris Do you remember Lester. which episode it was? I can link to YouTube here. I can look it up. But if you Google snooker players and look on Google Video, you'll find it. It's in there. In yeah. fact, here, I'll, uh, I've just put the link in the chat room. So, uh, yeah, <laughs> it's definitely funny. It is. And my friend Joe found that he just was watching this comedy show and saw that, that, that sketch, and he was like, wait, what? And he then went on a Google <laughs> quest to, to find all of the episodes that had that those scenes in them and <laughs> was posting them around and it went viral. <laughs> Wolfshade says, what is snooker? It's a kind of pool, uh, you know, like billiards. It's just different rules for knocking balls around on a table with a stick. Mm-hmm. With a different size uh, table and a different number of balls. balls. Right. Mm-hmm. It, essentially, it's balls. what the British usually call ranking, but... Well, you used to have a program that you called Pot Black. Which was like that. <laughs> nice. But then we moved to watching uh, dogs chase sheep around hills. That's called the dog show. <laughs> oh, lovely. See, now we know how that murder in Heavenly Creatures happened. It was because they needed to kill boredom. Uh, well, you know, did you see that in the Flight of Concord when they get uh, a video from home and it's the dog show? And it's actually... The actual oh, yeah. dog show, and I'm sure people watch it and go, oh, that's not what I'm to watch. I thought that was not a parody. No? That's no. real. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, well, while Chris is looking up his uh, his question, I have a, a uh, contest for those of you who have um, who have listened to Free Will. If between now and the end of the show, email me at dan at jdsawyer.net. Email me your death threats for the upcoming book. And I will draw your names out of the hat at the end of the show here. And there is a free book in the offing for it. It's Matters of Blood by Maria Lima. Is that out of the infamous J. Daniel Sawyer hat? <laughs> the actual hat? No, 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 no. I'm, I'm keeping a hold of my hat for now. Oh, okay. Ah, okay. I've got one for you. The... So the trivia question, first trivia question, we'll do two of these over the course of the evening. Uh, the first Metamorphosity trivia question is, what is the name of the apartment complex where Kate Katane lives? What is the name of the apartment complex where Kate Katane lives? Yeah, I don't even think I know that one. And I've actually mm. listened to... All the episodes. I think so. Well, I haven't listened to some of the interregnum ones, but mm-hmm. yeah, this was—it's been mentioned at least twice. By the way, whispers in the wood. I had—I hadn't read the most recent draft. Mm-hmm. 
So kudos on the new draft. Thank you. Very cool. It was good in the first place. It's better now. And uh, you're uh, definitely trying to give me a run for my production, aren't you? (laughs) (laughs) I'm noticing you're starting to use some of those production techniques that uh, you've been You've been asking me about. Oh yeah, sounded really, really good. Thank you, thank you. I felt I felt good about how that one came together. Do we have anyone who wants to try for the answer or thinks they know the answer? Um, Um, not yet. I'm just wondering. Somebody is going back madly through their collection, (laughs) listening (laughs) to every episode. Oh, which which episode would it be in there? Hmm. That would be telling. But here's the clue: it's one that involves Kate, Kate and her landlady. Oh. All I'm gonna say. So you found uh, a way around that whole chastity problem. <laughs> World Lamb says Metamore Heights. Nope. <laughs> there is a scene in Things Unseen in which Kate and Miss Fallon are together naked in a hot tub, but it is completely non-sexual. <laughs> Metamore Vistas. Metamore. <laughs> if you're not careful, you're gonna make you're gonna make it sound like you've been living in the Bay Area or something. Mm. <laughs> 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 I had I, thought, a, I, I had thought, a friend. I thought every place oh, in Metamore had a hot tub. Well, what's really funny, I had a friend who was uh, originally from Boston and moved out here and had been out here for 10 or 15 years and went back for a conference, was staying with a friend who had a hot tub, and she hadn't even, she didn't even bring a suit because she was used <laughs> to the California way, right? <laughs> And her friend's like, oh, well, you can use it. But then the friend goes around drawing the blinds so her husband doesn't look out. (laughs) Then locking the door and knock once you're dressed again. Oh, (laughs) jeez. Oh, yes. That's Californians. Oh, you Californians. You kooky Californians. We with our decadent ways. Indeed. Yes, decadent ways. I want to come back and enjoy some of the decadent ways. I was thinking next time we go, I go to um, Boltcon. Well, the first time I go to Boltcon, I should stop in. Mm-hmm. I might, I could pick up a couple of you on the way, and we could go together. That would rock. Brilliant. I'm sure <sighs> people, we're trying to lure people to Boltcon as much as I'm trying to lure them to Worldcon. <laughs> cool. Uh, okay, oh, Eldon is back. Welcome back, Eldon. Woohoo, Eldon! And uh, yeah, well, what's my the, browser? What touch wood? My browser hasn't crashed yet, though. Yeah, mine hasn't oh, crashed yeah. yet either. Though it's slow. I'm using Firefox. Let's see if so, I can get know. in the chat room here. Mm. <laughs> so uh, have you guys right now we're just. Oh, I was going to ask if you guys what? had any feedback yet. On uh, uh, yeah, on I got. I got some. I got some feedback. I got uh, uh, Mark Smith called in with "You bastard." Oh, that's <laughs> hey. the voice voicemail that said "You bastard." So I know I'm doing my job. Brilliant. Um, let's see. Had someone write see? in earlier today. Did you oh, get on one from Cat Hughes about uh, how, and oh, how much you enjoyed? Yeah. Yes, yes, did. yes, You have a better voice for reading vo- uh, emails from women, so why no, don't you read that? Shall I read it? Why not? Yes. Uh, hi, guys. I just wanted to say, yay! 
Thank you so much for the wonderful content that I've been able to listen to today following the start of the Triple Threat Extravaganza. I absolutely love the first books of each of your stories and I'm looking forward to listening to the continuation of the new feeds. In fact, I loved your books so much that I mainlined all three of them in about a week and this morning received a letter from my internet provider informing me that they are currently capping my internet speed as I managed to go over their fair usage levels when downloading your episodes. Okay, maybe please. Thank you so much. Anyway, I just thought I'd share the fruits of my listening with you and say that I hope the launch cast goes well this evening and gets released on the feed soon, as I have to go to bed in a minute. <laughs> I don't know where she is, but apparently 2 a.m. GMT is just a little late for me to get to work on time tomorrow. Alas, alas. But thank you for writing in. Yes, thank you, Cass. Always very we, nice. We broke someone's internet? Yeah. Wow. Yes, we that... broke the internet. She, she Over the last couple of weeks in prep for the triple threat, she's downloaded all of Pip's books, all of my books, and all of your books. And she just got a note from BT saying that they're capping her bandwidth. Oh, is that Kath Hughes who yeah. sent that in? Yeah, she sent a copy yeah. of that message to me as well. Oh, cool. Yes. Yeah. I was like, this sounds I familiar. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, okay. I, we want more messages that we broke the internet. Ooh, ooh here's a sh- uh, Shaded Sprider says, feedback for Danner discussion starter. I'm glad there is no capital T technology used as a capital P plot device in your novel. Um, cool. Uh, could you expand on that a little? That would be a fun, interesting uh, discussion to get into. What uh, particularly do you have in mind? Oh, we're um, kicking people off left and right. Crash, crash, crash. Well, come oh. back, everybody. What did we say? Come back. I, I, I showered this morning, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> um, you break internet. Shaded Spider, do you have more, or should we just try to run with that? Technology. Well, mm-hmm. there's technology in all of our books for once. Yeah, well. uh, I, maybe he means like a technological MacGuffin. Yeah, oh, I think MacGuffin. kind of what it sounds like is sort of the, you know, the the thing that drives the plot. Um, mm. the, my my philosophy has always been the characters drive the plot. Oh, oh you're right. In a lot of sci-fi, people can use future technology as a means to just solve a problem for uh, a character. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I. Yeah, I tend. I would like to be able to write that yeah. kind of thing and do it well, but it's very hard to do it without, as Wolfshade just mentioned, pulling a due machina. Mm-hmm. Um, Is that how you pronounce that? Or due machina? I can't. I can't. Uh, it's not to use machina. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, it, it, it's one of those Latin terms that everyone pronounces as French, so mm. I never know how to pronounce it right. If you say a due machina. Deus ex machina. Okay, yeah. thank you, Wolfshade. Um, but uh, yeah, I I tend to tend to approach more that technology is uh, is one of them double-ended double-edged swords. I don't I don't tend to like dystopic, even though I do tend to do like some Michael Crichton. I don't like the the Frankenstein recapitulated where technology is going to kill us all. Yeah, science bad. Yeah, science bad. But uh, well, on the other hand, going to kill us all. <laughs> right. Yeah. On the other hand, there's not a lot of drama in. Oh, suddenly everything's okay since we can fix practical problems. Mm-hmm. Um, generally speaking, technology 
in my view, does more good than harm, but every new generation of technology requires people to cope and adapt in unusual and unfamiliar ways, and that causes drama. I'm kind of reminded <laughs> of what happened with um, with Daniel in making the cut with the magic. Mm, you know, yeah. it's like, yes, I'm, in one sense, you could say that he used magic to solve his problem. Mm-hmm. However, in the process, he inherited an inc- entirely different set of problems. Yep. Oh, Wolf, Wolf, Sh- Wolf Shade just pointed out that science tends to be obsolete in six months. I've actually got a good... <laughs> A good example of that that I don't know what I'm going to do with in the in the antithesis universe. Um, Night, Paulette. Doug Reeves. Say what? Paulette's leaving the leaving the room, going to bed. Oh, bye, Paulette. Bye, Paulette. But yeah, uh, Doug Reeves is a uh, is a transhuman. He's got he's 80 years old. He looks like he's 40 because he uses um, nanotech to repair his telomeres. Mm-hmm. Well. I just read this morning a scientific paper about telomerase enzyme therapy coming from biotech, which means that using nanotech to do what I have nanotech doing is going to be completely obsolete by 15 years from now. Wow. Forget 115 years from now. Yeah. So I'm already Uh, out of date on shit that I was projecting 100-odd years into the future. Well, it's like... Robert Heinlein with his characters falling back on abacuses when uh, their yeah. computer, when their supercomputer stops uh, working. Yeah, and uh, what, uh, <laughs> he had the one character slipstick Libby because he didn't need a slide rule. <laughs> <laughs> so he was named after a slide rule. Whoops. Yes, indeed. Oh. This will truly be a century of biomedical science. <laughs> oh, I think I lost you there for a second. Now we're still here. We can hear uh, you. Sometimes you're cutting in and out. That's all right. Yeah, you're you're cutting in and out a little bit too. Yeah. (laughs) Speaking of technology. Oh, um, I haven't. Yeah, I haven't read. I'm going to put this in the chat room. Um, How do you deal with technology in in digital magic, Pip? Um. uh, Well, the basic premise is that. People are replacing science, magic with science, and eventually the science becomes our magic again. And that is, um, I don't, I don't know how I, how do I deal with it. I don't know. I, th- I think I try and make it that it's immersive and people don't take much notice of it. it, it just, it's just another tool. Yeah. Cool. That's pretty much the. I, I think that that's usually the best way to deal with um, technology or magic is to see it as just as a part of the background of the universe and to try to think logically through the implications of it. You know, if this were possible, what would it do? I do. Yeah. Having said that, of course, I do have, I think you read pieces of them. I've got two stories that deal with, um, with interesting wrinkles in biomedical science turning the world upside down in kind of creepy, weird ways. Mm. It's not science is bad. It's people are perverted. But <laughs> it's, it's uh, self-sustaining. Did you read self-sustaining? No, nope. <laughs> didn't read that one yet. You're going to love those. Mm. Uh, hopefully, I'll have them done for next summer. I'm going to do another season of Sculpting God once Free Will finishes. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, Amy, yeah, you're very, oh, yeah, Amy just made you're a very point. very right yeah, well, yeah. Amy said that digital magic it is indeed set in a little town that is supposedly away from modern technology. I made the air quotes there away, 
But uh, that, <laughs> that whole thing was that whole thing was set about because when I toured around England, there's this whole freaking industry about ye oldie Shakespearean, you know. You go to Stratford on Avon, mm-hmm. and there's lots of ye oldie, you know, uh, <laughs> harkening back to a past that was probably very unpleasant, and you wouldn't actually want to be yeah. there, <laughs> being bitten by lice, and you know, um, in danger of having your head chopped off at any moment by by the reigning monarch or his flunkies. So that, we that's have something why similar here. We call it Dickens Fair. <laughs> <laughs> Not so, quite what Dickens is. You haven't been yet, have you? No, I haven't. Oh, but in so the sense of, of idealizing the past, uh, mm. my my friend Joe, when he first heard about Dickens Fair, he's like, what did they do? Just dump shit on you when you come in through the door? <laughs> to help you be the right ambiance? There, there, there is a healthy <laughs> amount of self-conscious irony there, though, which is which is what makes it fun. What, what they should <laughs> do is when you go in, grab your children and start shoving them up chimneys. <laughs> <laughs> now that would be you authentic. You get stuck doing that. Oh no! Well, and then you just die there. Any children? Wonderful thing about the Victorian era. Yes, Miss Calendar told me that she, when she was playing the role of um, Ivy Hisselpenny at Gail Carriger's launch <laughs> party, she would, you know, see little children, or you know, she'd um, talk about, you know. Put an adorable little child. I'm sure that he must have very those very small hands. Must be very good for doing machine work. <laughs> uh huh. That was pretty much it. So, yeah. I mean, I think I think the um. I don't know. I don't know how I feel about tourism because I like going places and seeing things. Like, um, Shaded Sprite has said, my friend lives in Stratford on Avon and hates the tourism. Yeah. I mean, I want to go. You want to go places and experience those things, but then this layer of this veneer to make things palatable to tourists prevents you from kind of reaching into the real history, which is it was a bit of the disappointment that I when I went to Stratford on Avon. I mean, it was all very very pretty. For example, uh, in the back of Shakespeare's birthplace, they used to have, you can look out the windows and there's this beautiful garden out the back. And that is exactly where they had the great big pits of urine. <laughs> <laughs> nice. For, uh, for so we have, a, we have a winner on the uh, we have a winner on the the trivia contest. Guest seven correctly identified the name of Kate's apartment as the Serenity Arms apartment <laughs> complex. That's a fanboy move if I ever saw. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> See, Mara, I figure I'm entitled. And nobody has sent in a death threat yet. Guys, remember Dan at JDSawyer.net to win the death threat contest. Given how much Miss Fallon kind of owes to the existence of of, uh, Anara from Serenity, I think that... (laughs) (laughs) Wolf says, guess seven is Chris Lester's other account. <laughs> uh, Eldon, you can still get in on my contest. Send death threats to dan at jdsawyer.net and I'll have a drawing at the end. I'm giving away a and book I got at World Fantasy Con, which looks really cool. <laughs> Amy and Bowen just um, face palmed. She just got the joke. <laughs> <laughs> Serenity. Duh. Yeah. Um, <laughs> they've got to be more creative than. Uh, if they can include armadillos, does that give them an extra bonus, Dan? <laughs> Well, I'm not judging on quality. I'm just uh, drawing out of a hat. 
Oh, okay. Well, I, I personally would, would appreciate anything to do with armadillos. <laughs> well, armadillos are inherently funny. Yes, yes much like are. weasels. I think I already gave you my death threat with one in every orifice was, was my threat, wasn't it? Yep, yep, that was, <laughs> that was it. But new death threats are okay. Yeah, need some other... You have a New Zealand animal. A kiwi with a sharp, <laughs> pointy beak. I don't know. Ow. May you be smothered and 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 smothered by tiny, small, brown birds. Or fruit. <laughs> oh, boy, oh, boy. Did you know, just as a coincidental little, little insight into New Zealand, that the kiwi has the biggest body to... Egg, egg size ratio of any animal, of any bird. I did not and, know that. And that the male kiwi is the one that sits on the egg. There you go. Yeah, I knew that about the male kiwi. Interesting. <laughs> I just got a couple death threats. Hey, you can answer, but it's a funny death threat. She says, you will be nibbled to death by me. Mm. Which is actually a description of my life in general. Well... <laughs> Brian Lincoln says, yeah. <laughs> Brian Lincoln says, oh, that's Wolfshade. I didn't realize that was uh, you, Brian. Says, uh, my free will death threat. If you're ever late with an episode, I will sew Chris Lester's severed, <laughs> severed head onto your shoulder with an installed vocal loop that keeps saying, are you done yet? Are you done yet? Are you done yet? <laughs> you got told well, that death threat. Well, if, well, if hey, you get I, Chris Lester's head, I have Dan, if you get Chris Lester's head, can I have the rest of them? Sure. Okay. If you invite me to the barbecue. <laughs> <laughs> yes, the egg is the biggest size for the size of the bird. Yes, that that was yeah. it. Oh, Jeanette Marsh is in there. Welcome, yes. Jeanette. Welcome to you. Represent New Zealand, that's what I like to say. <laughs> <laughs> we may be small, uh-huh. but we're vocal. Well, you have to be. <laughs> we do, indeed we do. And four million of us, yeah. You've got that in the Bay Area, haven't you? More than Yeah, that. we've got uh, more than that, yeah. The, if you, oh. the extended Bay Area is uh, somewhere like six million? I have no idea. I'm not even sure where they stopped drawing the lines, yeah. given that there's people who work in the Bay Area who live as far away as Watsonville. <laughs> That's true. It's, uh, yeah. Then again, New Zealand does put out killer music about dead yeah. humans and robot takeovers and mm-hmm. the humans. That yeah, I, I find it, I'm going to do. <laughs> I realize, Chris, that I've 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 stuffed up your uh, your erotic a la carte because you're going to do it in January, right? For January. Right. So, well, the, so uh, the, the the idea was to have it released in January so that I January can write it thing. during Christmas break. That's yeah. right. So, in fact, I'm going to keep the menu open until the 15th, and I'm just going to do my own little Christmas story for December. Okay. You're going to keep the menu open until November 15th? 15th? December, no, December 15th. December 15th. So, people, you still, have, you still have plenty of chance to go and uh, vote for what smut Chris Lester has to write. <laughs> there may never be another chance to make him write smut. So, is the Christmas episode going to feature Puck again? I don't know. I might. I might use Puck. I might use some other character. Um, I have a lot of fun writing Christmas Puck stories. So maybe you think that should be like my little, my new, um, my new habit, my my new tradition. 
Could be, or he could just show up as a singing telegram, you know, reciting dirty <laughs> limericks, causing trouble. I quite enjoyed writing uh, Puck in the 80s. That was quite fun. More <laughs> Puck! Oh. Puck in Puck the 80s, did you say? Yeah, that was last year's Christmas story. Okay. Puck, more yeah, Puck, no please. other decade would quite be as well suited to him, except possibly, oh, maybe the 70s. Yeah, I guess he would have. He probably would have liked the seventies dress code, or lack yeah. thereof. <laughs> I could write about him in California in a hot tub. I'm sure he'd love that. <laughs> Maybe he started the trend about no, about no. Um, there you go. There you go. Like said, why are you all wearing, you know, swimsuits? What's that about? <laughs> <laughs> Did I get the second half of your email about? Andrew Giants. When did you send it, guest seven? Guest seven. Blake seven. I keep wanting to call him Blake, even though his name is R.J. Johnson. (laughs) (laughs) And any of you who got that geek reference? Hooray! Oh, is this... uh, Oh, Rally Johnson. Um, Okay, yeah, let me me look up that... uh, I do remember getting that message, and I will look that up in my feed here. Actually, Puck could be in Victorian English, couldn't he? Hmm. Just thinking about all the places. Oh, my. He could. He, he could be. Oh, boy. I, I've got an idea for what he could do in Victorian England. I'll have to tell you. <laughs> <all here. laughs> I'm sure I know what he could do, but uh, <laughs> those big crinoline skirts, plenty of place for a Puck to hide. <laughs> so, Rally asked in an email to me, uh, curse to become an androgyne, or is it, I believe, that they are immune to the curse? And could an androgyne become a vampire? Oh, dear. I can't hear a thing now. I wonder if people can hear me. Hmm. Guys, can you hear me? Ah, uh, technology. Sweet. Sweet and bitter at the same time. Can you hear me, guys? Oh, you can hear me. Can you hear Dan and Chris? Oh, gosh. Is that the turners of the Pip Show again? Oh, dear. Poor Puck. Maybe we're just... We lost Chris. Yeah, I think we've lost um, Dan as well. Yeah, Chris was answering the question about androgynes and vampires. Maybe that question will never get answered. You're stuck with me, guys. <laughs> oh, a Christmas a crossover episode. Hmm. Let me see. Uh, I can definitely see Puck and Moravy. Yeah, I can definitely see Puck and Billabub. In fact, we did a uh, a cross promotion with Double Trouble last year, where Puck meant Billy, and yeah, it wasn't it wasn't pleasant. <laughs> Maybe that I, I think probably what just happened is there was too much awesome in that room. No, Chris, you're not. <laughs> no, you're not. You can keep talking, though, Chris, even though we can't hear you. Yeah, that was the one where uh, Billy pulled a 45 and then Huck pulled lightning or something. <laughs> ah, quite silent. It's amazing how... I'm the only one that can... Uh, maybe it's because I'm the host. 
Can you hear me? I hear, I heard something then. Come back, guys. Come on. You might have to call back in. <laughs> guys. Oh, I got a little bit here. Yeah. Yeah, I got Beatrice here. What do you got? Boom. Yeah. That was very fun. Um, I hope that there'll be some more Billy podcasts and maybe maybe Puck can turn up on one. Um, did you guys want me to read to you a little more? I can read to you a little bit from uh, from this wonderful... Ah, I could read you a little bit of the New Zealand part of Digital Magic and then I can use some of those lovely New Zealand terms that you guys love so much. Um, there's a wonderful bit where... Uh, oh, my Maori isn't that good. I don't think I could actually read the bit where they meet a Tanifa. Yay! Um, so I won't, I won't actually read that bit. That's going to be one of the real problems is that um, I've got to find someone who can fluently speak Maori, which um, and wants to be recorded, which is two difficult things here. I'm not sure if Jeanette's in the room. If you know of anybody that wants to do that, then that would be good, great. But... Um, <laughs> so um, so the thing I did to New Zealand in Digital Magic I'm not really making any spoilers here by saying uh, I kind of hammer New Zealand a little bit in that I turn New Zealand poisonous by use of a created virus called Utu which and um, I'm not sure if any of you know the significance of Utu which is Kind of uh, retribution, I guess you would call it. Something like that in Maori. And I kind of destroyed the entire Wellington area where I live, which was an interesting choice for myself. <laughs> oh, Dan's driving back, darling, back in. Um, so, of course, I've got to find myself some New Zealand voices to do it. And uh, it's gonna be, it's going to be fun. But the character that I wrote, Araha, is actually um, a child in New Zealand. And her nana is actually significantly based on my own nana, who passed away back, ooh, 10 years ago now. She died in 2000. So reading those bits is actually kind of emotional for me. But, <laughs> yeah. But lots of people want to blow up Detroit, Amy, from what I've heard. Actually, that's where my company's got a base, so I shouldn't I shouldn't uh, tell them to blow up Detroit. Um, yeah, it's not that strange, I guess. It makes for interesting, interesting writing. And I didn't totally destroy everybody in Wellington. I just kind of gave it a, a, a bloody nose, I would say, rather than anything else. Now, hold on. I'll just see if that's uh, Chris. Chris? Chris? Hello. We're back. We're back. You're back. Okay. Uh, the the so you're lovely all... unreliability. Next time we do this, we do blog talk. Because yeah. this is just ridiculous. <laughs> I've never oh. tried blog talk. This would be interesting. All right. So, so the question that I got from Rally Johnson was, can a... A vampire become an androgyne, and can an androgyne become a vampire? And the answer to the first is no. The answer to the second is yes. Um, if you are a vampire and you are already dead, uh, then the curse does not recognize you as a valid target, and it doesn't affect you. Um, mm -hmm. If you are already changed by the curse, 
then you sort of, uh, as a vampire, you have this innate talent for magic and shape-shifting that comes as part of the package deal. And so you would sort of carry over that ability um, that you had while, uh, as an androgyne, you would carry that over uh, when you were brought across. And it would sort of be like getting, you know, a built-in uh, capacity for shape-shifting into one form that you were really good at to begin with. Now, there's nothing, nothing saying that a vampire couldn't learn how to shape-shift into the opposite sex, uh, given enough time and study, but that's not quite the same as being an, an androgyne, culturally speaking, in the world of metamorph. So did I, am I still there? You're still here. Okay, brilliant. Keep talking, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, I don't well, want to turn this into the pep show, because when you guys disappear, I have to kind of... And would they both the retain their separate personalities? Um, the separate personalities thing depends very much on how many generations um, the curse has been applied to your family, because the... It, um, the way it alters your genetics, it uh, is heritable, and so it sort of builds up these ever-increasing effects on uh, successive generations that take the curse. And so if you are of a high enough generation that you have developed a split personality as a result of taking the curse, you will retain your separate personalities after you have been brought across. That becomes... Essentially, your both of your souls go along for the ride uh, when you become a vampire. I don't want to see T. Morris as a vampire, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, Morgan is not into turning her boyfriends. So That's good. Evan, what about a girlfriend? Yeah, <laughs> or girlfriends. <laughs> I just think a vampire with that much energy would be pretty... Fabulous! <laughs> too, too difficult to live with. Oh, boy. But it's a good question. Yeah. yeah. So uh, let's uh, get another question from the chat room, if we could. Uh, questions on anything, anything at all. The worst you'll get is a, we don't do that in public. What do you guys think of the audio space? Have you seen many new podcasting authors you like? Or have things felt it becoming saturated? Honestly, I'm just so busy producing my shit that I can barely keep up with yours. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> it, I, I'm very lucky when I get a day off when I'm not researching or writing or podcasting or doing other stuff that I have to do to pay bills in order to be able to listen to podcasts for fun. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I have a few podcasters I still follow. And every once in a while, I'll collect enough episodes of something that I mainline it for yeah, a while. That's the only way I can do it anymore, too. Mm-hmm. And of course, when I go on road trips, I love loading up on PodCastle and Escape Pod and taking those with me. Mm-hmm. Uh, see, I, I, I'm still having a problem with um, with being able to hear the podcasts on my earphones. Because I'm on a commuter train that's quite noisy, and when I'm on the train half the time I just want to plug my ears and get rid of the, all the noise outside. You know? mm-hmm. like, ah! mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah, I'm barely keeping up with the podcasters I already know. So. <laughs> <laughs> I sort of end up 
taking recommendations if there are podcasters that I know and I like their stuff and then they say there's this new podcast and I kind of listen to it. I've I've, I've been listening to Dreamers Thread um, by Starla and uh, The Goblin Market with uh, Jenny. Is that Jenny... Beans, I think, or whatever your name is. Yeah, Jen, yeah. Uh, yeah Jenny, Jen, Jennifer Hudock. Hudock, that's right. Yeah. What am I talking about? Um, Hudock, well, Jenny I'm, Beans is, is her Twitter ID. Ah, oh, that's it, yes. Okay. Yeah, she confusing. does the story so far on the Down from 10 that's coming out tomorrow. <laughs> really? Oh, okay. So, yeah, I, I try, and, try and find new stuff. I don't want to be just stuck in the enclave of all the old guard. But... Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's too easy for that to uh, become an echo chamber. Yeah. yeah, yeah, or as I like to call it, the circle jerk. Mm, yeah. <laughs> Sometimes it's nice to open up and let somebody else in, you know? Oh, absolutely. Expanding the circle. <laughs> <laughs> Group Welcome sex the on the microphone. Uh, stop talking about what we're actually doing, Dan. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, indeed, Wordland. There is a new Down from 10 coming either tomorrow or Saturday, depending on, on when I get it done. But uh, I'm hoping tomorrow night. So are you, any of you guys doing... So you're doing a Christmas episode, are you, Chris, this, in December? Um, I'm hoping to do a Christmas episode. It's going to depend on whether or not I can actually write the story in time. Oh, Amy... I tried uh, Amy to do it she- last year. Last year, I came up with the idea for this story and then didn't get a yeah. chance to write it before Christmas. Oh, and now it's I mean, like, Christmas again. I think and it's I nice still to have a Christmas story. <laughs> I think, yeah, I'm not I think gonna, Dan, you're not going to do oh, one, Dan. Not, well, I don't think I'm going to have time this year, but you were going to say you think I should do... So I please. think you should do something with puppies and kittens and, and well, warm wool and mitts. Two, <laughs> two years ago, I did Gift of the Magi for Sculpting God, and then last year I did Cold Duty for Steampod. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if I'm going to be able to do a Christmas story this year because I'm going to be busily trying to finish yeah. up Free Will. Mm-hmm. But um, Down from Ten is a well. Down from Ten is more of a New Year's story. It takes place in the first uh, week of the new year. Mm-hmm. Um, sorry, Shaded Sprider um, pointed out that Down from Ten is a Christmas story. Eh, it, it's close. It's that same general area. Uh, good night, Das Nebel. Uh, das Nebel. Das Nebel. Das Nebel. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm the one here that speaks German. You think I'd be able to pronounce that? You'd think so. <laughs> you guys are speaking too many other accents and you got confused. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There. Oh boy. <laughs> yeah. Well, there was Russian. The, the, oh boy. Yeah. It's been accent week. Yeah. I am uh, not not relishing or not envying um, Scott Roche and. Uh, Paulette Jackson for having to listen to my feeble attempts at an Italian accent for uh, reading the narration for Whispers in the Wood. Oh boy, well you're going to be you're going to be getting back into the uh, the bastardized Indian accent pretty soon here for Greg Singh mm, pretty well. I'm looking forward to that because that one is actually not that difficult for me to get into. <laughs> he is such a fun character. Oh, he is wonderful. <laughs> he is a, truly a delight to play. <laughs> and he's fabulous. <laughs> oh, I love I I love Greg Singh because he's so dirty and so sophisticated at the same time. <laughs> Anyone who can sit there in the middle of a 
in, in the middle of a political meeting and talk about newscasters getting their cock sucked during a broadcast by a goat. By a goat <laughs> is a uh, is, is fun <laughs> in my book. Ah, uh, yeah. Of course, I do write pretty disturbing books, so there you go. <laughs> so, what do you think? Is it time for a sneak peek of the new season? Yeah. Oh, uh, uh, Wolfshade has a question first. Do you record narration mornings or evenings? I tend to record midday. That's when my voice is at its best. Or mm-hmm. I nap and then record late night. But if my voice is at its best when I've been awake for about four hours and have had a shower to get all the the humidity going. Mm-hmm. Yeah, early in the morning is not a good time to narrate. Uh, late at night isn't good for me because I start slurring my words together. And unless I'm playing a character who's drunk, that's not a good thing. <laughs> As narrator, it's a really bad thing. Yeah. <laughs> How about you, Pip? Pip. Pip. Maybe the Kiwi went off to use the little bird's room. Can you guys still hear us? I can hear you. You're in the room with us. Oh, right. We don't count. No, we can't hear you, Wolf Wolfshade can hear us. Wolfshade can hear us, good. Your, your thingy is updating faster than my thingy. Okay, so Amy can hear us, but okay. she can't hear... Can't hear Pip. Pip. Oh, no! We have lost the Kiwi. You know, I could do a real hack here and and conference her in over Skype. Oh, <laughs> that that's interesting. Let's try it. Uh, let's see. Can she be conferenced in? Maybe not. <laughs> that would break the Internet. Yeah, I think that mm. would break the Internet. Mm. Yeah, she can't. Uh, She's already using Skype. Ew. Hmm. Oh, that would be a problem. Oh, well. Um, All right. Well, we'll, we'll, while we'll we're waiting. on, and hopefully she'll uh, pop back in. Okay. While we're I've waiting got some for death her. Threads. Okay. Go for the death thread. Got a death thread from Shaded Spriter. I will spend the first. Uh, I will first spend six months sending you feedback of antithesis one word at a time on armadillos. It's going to be a lot of armadillos. Once you're insane and broke from trying to rearrange the armadillos to decipher the message, I will, be pe- I will appear behind you and beat you to death with a wooden spoon. Nice. Spoon! <laughs> That's a death threat? That's um, a... Never mind. Death involved. Yeah, death. Yeah, you were going to say it sounded like a... Uh, home. Yeah. Uh, uh, those of you who hadn't figured it out, I did borrow some of Kitty Nikian's mannerisms for some of the characters for Down from Ten. <laughs> Um, from Jeanette Marsh hi Dan Kia's what are Kia's Kia's a kind of Korean automobile no 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 K-E-A I think it's a New Zealand bird of some kind yeah probably a bird yes it is a bird Kia's will nibble your extremities Tutara's will burrow into your belly and the will hey yeah I just hit read all of them. It's Bill into your nose looking for worms in your brain. <laughs> uh, for those of you who are wondering, a Kia is a um, parrot that likes to eat rubber. Nice. Yeah. A very strange bird. And very Eldon strange. K. Roth has joined David Dizwirik by saying, may you ride to Winnipeg on an old beat-up Greyhound bus with no air conditioning and the bus is filled with sweaty fat dudes from Pakistan. Yeah, that's that's sadistic, man. I don't think I'd survive. No, that's cruel. 
unusual. Uh, oh, well, I forget. That was a good question. Well, we're le- I think we should answer that question anyway. Which one? We're, uh, Worland asks, kind of a silly question, but if you hate your voice over the mic, do you have any suggestions for podcasting, i.e. a way to change it? Hmm. My thing that... I would just say practice reading aloud and reading dramatically um, because it's something that you get better at the more that you do it and slow down. Um, One thing that I realized is that my voice was not as terrible as I thought it was when I first started doing this. Mm -hmm. And uh, your selection of mic can also have a lot to do with it. And if you're on a budget... Using uh, good equalization in post-production to emphasize the sweet spots in your voice and kind of damp down a little bit the irritating parts of your voice that can help too. Mm. And I mean, there's a big disconnect when you when you listen to yourself for the first time after you've recorded it because you're actually hearing it how people hear you rather than how it sounds in your own head, which is quite different. Mm-hmm. I think and, that I've uh, also found. Oh, I'm sorry, Pep. Go ahead. I don't know. I was just saying. It, eventually, you get used to it. I found that the more that I narrate, um, the more that my voice is going down more into my chest when I'm narrating, and so I'm I'm losing a lot of the nasal tone that I used to have when I spoke, and so my voice is picking up more resonance and it's becoming more pleasant to listen to. Yeah, you mean you're using your lower register? Yeah. There, there, there are a whole lot of basic vocal techniques like that that you can either get through training or stumble on as you listen to yourself and begin to learn how to tweak your own voice. And that really helps. <laughs> What's Am I right? Am I right? Maybe am she, I right? Maybe she thinks... Uh, Mar- maybe oh, am I right? Mar- oh, am I right? Okay. Am I right? Pip doesn't have a problem with her voice. Uh, I had the slight advantage that I did speech and drama from when I was like seven to when I was about 21. So I kind of got used to the sound of my own voice. Yeah. I did I did um, a lot of choir as a kid and also some theater. And my father's a professor, so I got to mooch off some of his oratory skills when he was learning oratory. Ah. See, I read Am I Right? I thought maybe that's some sort of weird American... Medicine, you know. <laughs> <laughs> no, I thought I thought it was a misspelling of Marmite. Yeah. So, well, Marmite mm, is also Marmite. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> you are a weird, weird woman, both of you. Oh, she's not. She's perfectly, yeah. perfectly fine. Marmite is wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> Eating the dead oh. sludge of yeast bodies just doesn't appeal to me. Mm. And yet you eat bread. <laughs> there are weirder things to eat. Uh, Jeanette has got a question for Chris. Does Morgan make any more appearances? Oh, yes. Morgan makes... She has an a important role to play in uh, mm-hmm. the upcoming Things Unseen. As a matter of fact, if people want me to, I could read a bit of one of her scenes. Go for Why it. not? Okay. Let's see here. Do, do, do. Um, say something, Chris, just so I make sure that I turn off the right mic. Say something, Chris. All right. Okay. 
So this comes from chapter three of Things Unseen. The Forensic Investigation Division of the Metamore City Police Department kept offices at six of the major hospitals around the city. One such office was located in a sublevel that connected to the 9th Precinct Station House with Brightleaf General Hospital. The police station and the hospital were both part of Brightleaf Tower, one of the massive superstructures that gave Metamore City its distinctive layer cake topography, and even the sublevel was some 30 stories above the street. For Kate and David, visiting the morgue was as easy as taking a lift and walking down a long corridor. Heavy insulated doors opened onto a large and sterile-looking room with several examination tables down the center and three rows of refrigerated storage lockers down the right side. On the left side of the room stood doors to the ME's office, the analysis lab where most of the morgue's sensitive equipment was located, and a second office for the deputy examiners. Another pair of doors at the far end of the room led to additional meat locker storage, and the clean rooms where bodies were examined were fur fibers, hairs, and other trace evidence. A broad window looked out from the ME's office onto the examination room. Kate saw Morgan working at her desk, her long black hair falling in curtains on either side of her face as she looked at something Kate couldn't see. The vampire noticed their approach and beckoned to them. She didn't smile, but Kate saw her expression soften and her body language relax slightly. Most of the Ninth Precinct cops avoided Morgan whenever possible, but Kate and David had been loyal friends before and after her change, and Kate knew how much that loyalty meant to her. Good afternoon, my dears, Morgan said, reaching up and touching Kate's arm fondly as she sat down in the empty chair beside her. And how is business today in magic affairs? Annoying, Kate said. She told Morgan about their encounter with Count Halloway. Ugh, Halloway's an ass, Morgan said. My father dragged me to a few of his parties when I was younger. Kate leaned forward. Yeah? Did you spend much time with his daughter? Morgan smirked. Mysteria was seven years younger than I. We never had much in common other than useless parents who treated us like part of the furniture. I much preferred, well, no sense in boring you with my misspent youth. She handed Kate a sheaf of papers held together with a binder clip. Here are the preliminary results on your John Doe. Kate skimmed through the report. Any idea who he is? Not yet, Morgan said. I've sent out the dental x-rays and we're working on reconstituting the skin from the hands so we can get fingerprints. What about DNA? David asked. I took a sample from one of his molders. We're amplifying it now for riflip analysis, but I doubt we'll find any matches. Most people don't have records of their DNA on file. We'll keep an ear to the ground for missing persons reports, Kate said. If we come across anything likely, we'll let you know. David held out his hand for the papers and Kate passed them over. Have you determined the cause of death? He asked. You're going to love this, Morgan said. Sudden systemic dehydration. Kate blinked. Is that a forensic euphemism for somebody set him on fire? Morgan, <laughs> Morgan's dark eyes glittered in amusement. The fire was secondary. When living flesh catches fire, the, the body floods the area with additional fluid. That's why burns blister. If the fire had killed him, the tissue around the burns would have shown signs of edema. And in this case, it didn't, David asked. In this case, the body is almost completely desiccated. Blood, lymph, intracellular fluid. The only areas that still had moisture were the root pulp and the teeth, the marrow of the bones, and the central nervous system. Incidentally, that's why it looks like the victim has no eyes. They shriveled up into tiny little lumps. 
Kate frowned. So why did the guy explode? Seems like he should have just turned into a mummy. Morgan shrugged. That's the part I'm not clear on. Something caused an intense heat in the victim's thorax and abdomen. That's probably connected to whatever caused the man's chest to explode. At a guess, I'd say that the body fluids underwent some kind of flash vaporization, and the sudden gas expansion blew out the abdomen, the diaphragm, and parts of the ribcage. I've asked Agent Takahashi to run the ballistics on the bone fragments. I suspect that the sternum was ejected from the body at great speed and fragmented on impact with the alley walls. Kate winced. Holy shit. Indeed, Morgan said. I have no idea what could have caused that sort of rapid phase change. An incendiary grenade, maybe, but we have found no evidence of chemical accelerants. Looks like the fire started because of that heat combined with the desiccation. The fat in the abdominal cavity melted, and with no water to absorb the heat, he went up like a grease fire. Kate bit her lip, thinking. So something sucks the water out of him, turns it to gas, the pressure blows out the front of his body, and a fire starts from the heat. Morgan nodded. That's my best reasoning on what happened, yes. David glanced at Kate. I think we have some research ahead of us. And not the fun kind, Kate agreed. Thanks, Morgan. My pleasure, dear. Oh, and one more thing. Kate paused, waiting. A faint frown creased Morgan's brow. I did a thorough analysis of the body during the autopsy, and there are a lot of things that are a bit off. Kate tipped her head. How so? A lot of little things. The shapes of the teeth, bone densities, the ratios of certain body measurements, the size and shape of the brain. There are certain normative ranges for these things that 98% of humans fall into. She shrugged. If one or two of them were off, I wouldn't question it. But like I said, there are a lot of them. So what does that mean? Kate asked. I have to conclude, Morgan said, that our John Doe wasn't completely human. Kate looked over at David. He said what they were both thinking. And I take it he doesn't appear to be Elvin, Sylvan, Lutner, or any other mortal race. No, Morgan said firmly. I know how to recognize all the major humanoid species. This is something else. An outsider? Kate asked. Something pretending to be human but not doing a very good job of it? Maybe. We should know more once we get the DNA results. I just wanted to warn you. If it is an outsider, Janus isn't going to want you anywhere near this case. Kate headed for the door. Given what else I've got on my plate right now, he's welcome to it. Excellent. Thank you. (laughs) I have no idea how much longer this chat is going to go on for. I love Forever. Well, we have two hours, right? Yeah. This is the yeah. chat that never ends. <laughs> and uh, what time did we start? Um, um, seven? Um, Almost seven. Yeah, we should be wrapping up here pretty soon unless they don't enforce their time limit. Yeah, I, I, I think don't they probably think. will. Even though they're not... Okay. I mean, there should be somewhere that says the host, you know, you've got five minutes, but, you know, it doesn't say yeah, anything. So. All right. It'll probably just cut us off, you know. That would be about Welcome, that would Mildred. Be about average. Hey, Mildred. Hey, Mildred. Welcome. She said she fell asleep much... without meaning to and almost missed this. Oh, I don't know how much longer we're going to be on for. Well, uh, let me reiterate the contest. Uh, I'll do the drawing in, say, three minutes. There is a um, 
If send, you send a death threat to dan at jdsawyer.net, you get entered into a drawing to get Matters of Matters of the Blood by Maria Lima. It's her debut book from Simon & Schuster. It's a very dark-looking urban fantasy thing with blurbs from Katherine Harris and all sorts of other interesting people on it. Uh-huh. And uh, lots of five-star reviews in the front cover. Brilliant. Well, that's always like that. Yeah. Mm. <sighs> so, triple threat. Yay, go us. We overcame yeah. the uh, technology and uh, time differences and me being in the future. Uh, any EPA on the sex roundtable drop, Wordland asks. Yes, I'm going to drop the sex roundtable over uh, the over Christmas break because mm. uh, I will not have an episode that week. Um, so this is my way of retaining listeners. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and Christmas and kinky sex just go together. That's well. true. I mean, they do, don't people, they? The people dressing up and unwrapping things and all that stuff you've got to tie people up with after it's done. Um, Ribbon. Yeah, lots of kinky stuff <laughs> at Christmas. We've got some questions here for um, from the from Twitter and Facebook. Oh, lay them on us. Oh, quick, quick. First, uh, from Dave Alcock for Pip. Mm-hmm. Kiwis are so creative from an art, music, and literature perspective. Why are we so poorly represented in terms of numbers in the podcast world? Southerly and Wellington have- today. I have no idea. Um, there's four million of us. You'd think there'd be more than just me. I, I, there used to be a couple of others, but they kind of dropped off the radar. I know uh, Dan Rabbits is thinking of coming on, uh, on the, into the potosphere shortly. I have no idea. You'd think we'd make the most of it. <laughs> I don't know. Clearly, maybe there's I, maybe too I'm, much awesome in New Zealand. To, it has to be doled out in small doses. Am I not enough kiwi for you? Maybe they're all scared. They're all scared. They're like, well, we can't well, possibly. Yeah, they, I mean, between erotica a la carte and the books, you've, they've got a big standard to measure up to. That's right. Mm-hmm. Come on, guys. What's yeah, the next question, know. Chris? Next question. Uh, let's see. Do, 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 do. Uh, Stephen K. Pritchard says, uh, well, my b- browser keeps quitting on me, so I can't stay in talk shoes. So this is for all three of you. You've all already said that you just don't have the time to invest into promoting your works in Second Life. Would you be open to folks helping promote each of your works there? Yes. T-shirts, yes. posters, and other swag. Yes, absolutely. Yes. We need people like you. We need you. We, we cannot do it without we you. We might even bribe you from time to time. Indeed. <laughs> <laughs> And from we have we have one from Twitter. <laughs> oh, and I, I will just say a big ditto to what uh, Dan said. Mm. Please promote us on Second Life. Yeah, and anywhere else, we're going to have some killer promotional contests coming up this season. Indeed, all three of us. Mm-hmm. And from Twitter, why don't you for Ethereus, Why don't you use TD zero zero one three more in your podcasts? The guy has the oh. voice as smooth as silk. Much better than that more attack. Oh! Hosted by TD0013. TD, sorty devil. There will be much more of Malcolm to come. He's going to, be, he's going to appear in uh, a little bit part in Whispers in the Wood, and he will be playing a small but pivotal role in Things Unseen, and he will have much more to do 
in future seasons as the <laughs> vampire war heats up. Well, you know, the you always jump on and There's do no tension about when they're going to die. Mm. You know what? TD could jump on pod and give us more of his own podcast, you know. Just saying. Just yeah, saying. Yeah, he doesn't podcast much, does he? Mm. Not anymore. Okay. We need What's our next question? From Jarrett Kohler, are you going to close with Magnificent Song? Oh, oh my gosh. That's right, cause we, we all sang, uh, what, Bright Side of Life last time? Yeah, yeah I think I we did. Amazing how much of that actually got recorded. Mm. Yeah. But we don't even know. We don't even have a countdown. I can see no. This is the podcast that never ends, as far as I can see. Yeah. Oh, boy. It'll probably Yay! just cut us off. And uh, Stephen K. Pritchard also adds, and kudos to you all for one of the best commutes to and from work I've had in a while. The season kickoffs <laughs> have been great, and it's going to be hell waiting two weeks for the next episodes. Well, thank you, Stephen. That's, I'm that's very, very pleased. I've got a question for you two, because I'm, I'm yeah. planning, I like, I like to release on like my Monday, which is American Sunday. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm going to release my next episode on the 22nd, I think it is. When's your next episode going to drop? I was going to release the, uh, oh, let's see. I was going to release uh, three, uh, two weeks from yesterday and just try to keep Wednesday. So, so you're going to keep the 25th. Yeah. Mine's going to also be on the 25th because that's right before I leave for Oricon, which is perfect time for me to put together a podcast. Excellent. Oh, okay. Well, I'm shifting to the weekend. So, you know, I think maybe spacing it out a little bit. We don't want to totally break the internet. More than a half hour episodes. Um, I, at least the first four episodes of Free Will are half hour because that's what I can produce and still produce the out the episodes of Down from Ten, all of which from here on in are long. Yeah. They're all around 40 minutes, 45 minutes. Mm-hmm. My next episode of Whispers in the Wood, I think, has about 45 minutes of story. So Wow, it really got long. <laughs> yeah. It was it was the only the na- it was the next natural place to break it up. Mm. So and it's going to be about four parts when it's done. Cool. And Pip, how long are your episodes going to run? Probably around the half hour, you know, around there, thereabouts somewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's pretty much 5,000 words, which I've worked out is generally around a half an hour for me at my, yeah. my reading speed. Cool. Um, what do we got else for your questions, Chris? Is that it? That, I believe, is it. Okay, I'm going to do one last check for death threats here. Ah, oh, there's another death threat, I think. More death threats. Ah, oh, from Mildred Katie. Damn. Wait, we've only got a few minutes. May you be consigned to the darkest circle of hell, which is Albany, New York, during a legislative session. Oh. After falling off a bridge made of all the books written by the existing podcast authors. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Oh, I'm so glad I can arouse such vindictive ire in my listeners. <laughs> I did get a message from Ryan Barker of, in response to our podcast, but I think it's a bit longer, so I'll save most of it for um, the... Well, why don't you re- read it right now, okay. because I've got to make the, uh, make the what you call it, up. Okay. So here's what he says. And this was at 1.46 p.m. on 11.11. Half an hour? Man, you guys really know how to ruin a guy's day, don't you? <laughs> I was hoping for at least 45 minutes of story, especially since you postponed your release date twice. 
It was only once for two months, Ryan. Yeah. As I sat, my compu- sat at my computer waiting for the episode to drop instead of writing the research paper I should be working on right now, <laughs> I saw the download finish and clicked play, then saw the half an hour time bar. I was looking forward to spending at least a few hours of my afternoon listening to each of the first episodes in the triple threat. Imagine my dismay when <laughs> iTunes so rudely informed me that J. Daniel Sawyer and Philippa Ballantyne's new podcast weren't available in my region yet. I live in the U.S. Oh. Shouldn't I at least be able to get J. Daniel Sawyer's cast? You'd think so. <laughs> well, except it didn't drop really? until 11 p.m. Well, uh, <laughs> I dropped it early. I dropped it at 10. And, yes, and but the... not at 1.46 p.m. No, that's true. Yeah. It's we, okay. we intentionally staggered our releases. Through exactly. Today. It's okay, I told myself. Chris Lester is sure to have a nice long episode for you to veg <laughs> out to. Man. Like, it's like telling a crack addict that they're going to have to make do with marijuana. <laughs> now that I have that rant out of the way, amazing. Absolutely amazing. I was especially pleased that Janus Starson made an appearance. He and Artax are my two favorite characters. Just can't get enough of them. Janus comes across as conceited and self-righteous, while Artex has this weird mixture of cockiness and humility to him that adds so much more depth to the character. And what's the deal with the thing in the violin? Some sort of demon? From the description, it seems to come close to the medieval concept of succubi, but the succubi in your series feed on energy, not blood, so it couldn't be a succubus. And what are the things that Abby knows that the rest of the world doesn't? You dropped so many tidbits to string us along in this episode and then only gave us a half an hour of audio. You're worse than a girl. You're a tease. That's what you are. Showing us all the amazing things that are in store for this series and then just closing the blinds on us as soon as we're really getting into it. You're worse than Scott Sigler, and that man knows how to cliffhanger. Well, one more episode. Nope, I lied. Just kidding. One more. (laughs) <laughs> and pretty soon, it's two months later, and the end still hasn't come. <laughs> and as much as I hate you for the small amount of contact, I'm going to still keep crawling back to listen to more episodes. <laughs> what pathetic wretches you have created. Oh. One thing I never did at the end of last season that I wanted to was thank you for how the fight between Daniel and the vampires ended. Most authors would have had him suddenly discover that he really had some awesome powers that the Hive wasn't aware of, and then he used <laughs> them to get Rebecca back and slaughter the entire vampire coven. Instead, you just had him slash her, I keep forgetting that you pulled that androgyne thing on us <laughs> mid-season, remain the same old insecure person slash people. Man, that gets confusing. <laughs> but keep up the good work. Maybe next time you could release a longer audio segment. Please? Ryan nice. <laughs> okay, and I guess to close it out, unless you've got anything else, Pip, we'll do the drawing here. Okay, go for it. Okay, Kitty is drawing out of the hat, and Brian Lincoln. In. Brian Lincoln has won the book. Do 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 do. Round of polite applause. Ah! Uh, I think Brian is headed off to bed yet, but uh, when you listen to this, Brian, if you, I hope you like the book, and if you don't, I hope you have a girlfriend who will like the book. Mm-hmm. <laughs> one of the two of you should. It's a vampire book, and if you're listening to Chris, you probably like vampires in the first place. So, hey. <laughs> I because Chris vampire. actually is a vampire. <laughs> <laughs> you told. Oops. Sorry. 
<laughs> as long as someone doesn't try and stake him. Okay, any further comments before we cut uh, off here? Are we we just going to sing ourselves out? I still have no idea how much longer we've got. If anybody knows how much longer this goes, because I don't want to go through all of Monty Python's entire... No, I I don't know how much longer this goes. This may just go on forever. I don't know. Um, Dokshu will not let us go. We'll need to eat at some point. How about this? Does anyone in the chat room have any other questions or comments for us? Oh, I can terminate it, I suppose. Okay. There's two, actually. Oh, there's two. Excellent. Um, One is, does Janus ever use his holy sword? Yes, he does. He uses it almost every night. Um, (laughs) 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 As for whether we will ever get to see him use his holy sword... Um, Maybe it's, it's not that kind of book, apparently. Well, you know, it's that whole whole uh, vow of chastity. Well, thing, you do realize but, uh, you do realize the way you keep a sword from rusting, right? You polish it thoroughly every night. <laughs> well, you, actually, you, you rub it with mineral oil. Rub it with oil. Yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Given that that sword is about ten thousand years old and still looks a, as good as new. I think that he probably he must really love buffing his sword. <laughs> well, it is a magic sword. It's gross. I mean, it glows in the dark. But uh, glows or gross? it glows in the dark. I say it grows. Mm. No, it is not a lightsaber. It is just a, a saber that I see. Up. Your Schwartz is just, just as, as big, big as, as mine. mine. <laughs> Let's see how well you use it. Um, yes, you will get to see um, Janus kicking ass uh, in Things Unseen. It is, uh, it is the, this is the story where we are finally going to get a chance to see just how badass he actually is. Woohoo! Cool. So there's an arsenal. What's that? I said there's an arsenal. <laughs> <laughs> And the other question was, do you use any of your students as basis of characters or just quarks? Hmm. Quarks? I, I assume you mean personality with, quirks. Yeah, probably. But, you, could, um, you could probably use your students as bait for some of your characters. Yeah. <laughs> mm. Morgan, we have teenagers over here. Okay. Mm. No, <laughs> she, she prefers more mature uh, samples than that. Um... You're making vampirism sound like the rules of scotch. <laughs> there are some similarities. <laughs> Under, you know, the, the rules for blood are the same as the rules for scotch. <laughs> Under no circumstances should she be less than 12 years old. Um, <laughs> I did use one character, um, one character's name in the prologue, Tali. Uh, is based off of the name of one of my students. Actually, her real name is Cyclalix, but she goes by Tolly for obvious reasons. Uh, Mildred Katie uh, on Twitter has decided that I'm a vampire, and that's how I have time to do the shit I do. Nah. <laughs> you don't need to sleep? Yeah. I don't want to sleep. That's more of the thing. I need to, I don't know. but I don't what want to. What had just happened? That's weird. Yeah. We just lost weird. a bunch of people. And they came back. 
I don't know what happened there. It said that disconnected and then it came mm-hmm. back. Stupid internet. I thought that was just me. Mine freaked out no. too. I have to go back. Oh. So does anyone else have questions or comments for us before we pack up and head off? Because there is dinner to be had, but we will yeah. stick around. There is stuff to talk about. And if anybody had any questions for me that I haven't answered, please repost them because I just had to log back in. Yeah. What's for dinner? Tacos? Yeah. Tacos. Oh, Tacos. where's mine? I, I'll email you some. Okay. Come on over, Pip. We'll make you a taco. Mm. Uh-huh. I bet it'll be gone by the time I got there. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, somebody had to make that good. comment, didn't they? <laughs> oh dear. Well, are there any any other questions? Maybe we should end this before Talk Show decides to just dump us okay. on ceremony. All right. Shall we go out with a song? Okay. What song should we go out with this time? Make Chris sing. Um, uh, do you know the universe song? I was just thinking of that one. Let me call up the uh, lyrics. Okay. The, uh, Pip, call up the lyrics to the universe song from Monty Python. Oh dear. <laughs> well, you don't want to make me sing. Seriously. I've already okay. made you sing. All right. Ah! So you give us the 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 the, the verbal lead-in because it's not okay. part of the lyrics here. Whenever life gets you down, Mrs. Brown, and things seem hard or tough, and people are stupid, obnoxious, or daft, and you feel that you've had quite enough. Just remember that you're standing on a planet that's evolving and revolving at 900 miles an hour. It's orbiting at 90 miles a second, so it's reckoned the sun that is the source of power. The sun and you and me and, and, you and all the stars that we can see are moving and moving as the moon is our galaxy itself contains a hundred billion stars. It's a hundred thousand light years side to side. It bulges in the middle, 16,000 light years thick, but up by up it's just 3,000 light years wide. With 30,000 light years from galactic central point, we go around every 200 million years. And our galaxy is only one of billions of billions in this amazing expanding universe. Cue the special effects of giant spreading cosmic legs. The universe itself keeps on expanding and expanding in all of the directions it can wish. As fast as it can go, at the speed of light, you know, full of miles a minute, that's the fastest speed there is. So remember when you're feeling very small and insecure, how amazingly you're and pray that there's a intelligent life somewhere up in space, because there's bugger all down there. <laughs> Apparently I was lagging. I love latency, yeah. <laughs> they ran away from the singing. Hip is late, Yeah, fair enough. Did we kill them all? I think they're all dead now. 
Okay. Thank you, everybody, for joining us. Yes, thanks to everyone for coming and showing up and hanging in through the various technical issues, which were many. (laughs) Keep being awesome, America and the rest of the world. And, yeah, thank you so much for coming. And uh, remember, down from 10 this weekend. Okay, so we just just give our uh, URLs again. Yes, you can find all of my stuff at www.jdsawyer.net. And you can find my stuff at metamorcity.com. That's metamorcity.com. And I'm just talking around the world. (laughs) (laughs) And um, And you can find my stuff at digitalmagicnovel.com. So goodbye from me, and it's goodbye from you three. Goodbye. 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 Bye. Bye.